the black wizard looks like a, an enemy from like Bill and Ted's Excellent. This is the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I am Josh Folan. And I am Jay Baxter. And I am Jeff Burns. And we finally got that right. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We continue into the midst of an RPG side quest here where we incrementally fiddle with an old school RPG start to finish with the assistance of the video game literature of antiquity that is attributed to it. We are currently... Uh, bopping around and, and trying to knock out chaos in Square's 1990 release of Final Fantasy on the Nintendo Entertainment System. The current accompanying game mag for us on this has been the official pack and instruction manual for the game, an 80-page tome titled The Explorer's Handbook, and the link to a PDF of that will be in the show notes for the duration of the quest. We have upped the video game mag ante since our last side quest recording, though, and we will now be drizzling in the Nintendo Power Strategy Guide, an 81-page Bible by which Jab and I lived uh, circa 1990-ish. And the link to that will also be in the show notes. Emulation disclosure, so you know the tools with which we are undertaking our quest to defeat chaos. Jay, how are you playing? I am playing this uh, through emulation uh, with my PC, <laughs> NES-topia, using the standard NES controller. Jab, how are All, you rocking? Also, NES-topia emulation on my computer, and I'm just using keyboard controls. Word. I'm still rolling hard on OG hardware. My old school uh, NES, or rather my good old NES advantage is piped in through Sir Uncle Ted's NES satellite for input. And please rate and review the pod if you enjoy this crazy-ass side quest, any of our others, or any other weird shit we're doing. Our mullet uh, championship uh, playoffs, for example. If you, like, <laughs> if you like that, please rate and review and leave a review around our mullet championships. Do not miss out. We are very excited about <laughs> Do people get to vote for their favorite mullet? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Sure. Well, uh, well, I was, I would, I would like it to also factor in their uh, their fiber as a counselor. So, mm. so you know the, the their favorite game, their favorite game and accomplishment, hobbies. Even I would like more weighed in than just the mullet. Yeah, that's I, I was, not I, how democracy works. <laughs> right, I, I understand that that uh, aesthetics will play a huge role in people's decision making, but yeah, I wanted very much for it to 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 encompass their full being as game counselors, not just the mullet on their head. I'm but, more yeah. than this mullet. Hashtag I'm more than this mullet. <laughs> right, right. So what you're right. saying is it's more than the business in the front, party in the back ratio. That's right. Exa- that's right okay. Yeah. We're yeah. We're factoring. We're trying to factor in the whole scope. <laughs> that's of not the, the only <laughs> calculus we're doing. Yeah. The, the whole schabo. Uh, in the parlance of, of Mad Mike. Uh, please, yeah, please write a view. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Last episode, we fragged the fire fiend Carrie mopped up some shit in the ice cave, and took to the skies via the airship rescued from beneath the sands of Ryukan Desert. We will now put the brakes on our pixel questing for a bit to bring the Nintendo Power Strategy Guide covering the game into the mix. So we are going to go full magep to start here. <laughs> uh, we're going to catch up on the narrative we've already surpassed in the guide, so through Chapter 4, before returning to the, the quest uh, in the game itself. And once we hit our stopping point of the class change, we will return to the strategy guide and address the pages that accompany that part of the game that we played for the episode, and we'll kind of we'll do that... Uh, 
going forward. So yeah, so so I, I guess it's worth pointing out there that we are that means we are not using the guide as an actual gameplay accompaniment, rather just revisiting it for the reflection and appreciation of the added storytelling elements provided the players back in the day. So we're still kind of letting, uh, particularly Jay, uh, but even even myself at this at this point, I don't have any fucking clue what's going on. So <laughs> or any recall, recall rather. So uh, it's very much leaving kind of the the discovery phase of of this game open to to the both of us even if Jab uh, can't re-experience that. Mm. So, however many eps it takes us, that will be the workflow going forward. Gameplay to stopping point, then a segment on the guide's coverage of what we just played before doing the status update. So, strategy guide opening. The the cover and all the artwork throughout is original and unique to the guide illustrations that, uh, or rather, unique to the guide, and the illustrations for all those are fucking, I mean, just... It's art, A-tier. man. Yeah, just it's, yeah, it's stellar. Ab- yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And... Uh, the party they feature throughout, and I think it's... I, I'm kind of surprised, I guess, that it is a uniform party throughout the thing, and they don't kind of mix up the characters you see and stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it lends itself to, like, an actual... You know, they're trying to tell... This is... You know, they probably thought of this... Like, we're telling a story with this book, mm-hmm. and therefore the characters, you need to emote with them, and they need to be, there needs to be continuity. <laughs> you know, so I, I get the incentive to do it, but I'm still a little surprised that they didn't, you know, try to sh- showcase more... Of you know the the games whatever the the fucking options that the game offers you. Well, a little bit. I mean, like you know, I'm I'm kind of just noticing myself for the first time. But the the party on the front is not. Uh, there's a mullet joke in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> for sure. The uh, they they have what seems to. I mean, wh- okay. I will, let's do this. What do you think the party is on the front? Okay, yeah, actually, you're right. The the cover. I think the cover is different. Different because the, the rest is seems to be a fighter. Black belt, black mage, and red mage. Yep, right. But there ain't no black mage in the front of this cover. No, yeah, that's a. Th- we think that's a thief, probably, right? I. It's not another fighter, which is what a thief is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a much shittier one. He he looks like a much shittier fighter. Just doesn't have the same good equipment, and you know. Maybe this was their upgraded, like attempt, because it looks like. I don't know. Maybe that person's supposed to be a ninja. Like the the fighter's now a knight or whatever it's called. Once he gets his class change, I don't know. It looks like a. It's. I mean, you know, considering the choices available to us, I'd say it has to be a. You know, thief. you saying that Jay makes me want, and I didn't think to look at this. But that makes me want to check to see if after the class change chapter, the art is different. Let's take a quick look. Mm. I won't. I won't tell you, but I'll take a quick look. I don't think that it is. Eh, a little bit. How's that fighter look? Yeah. Fighter's got some differences going on. Yeah, he's got like his headgear is a little different. You know? Yeah, he's got that winged helmet and some right. chain so, mail. So, so they made an effort. Yeah, okay, so there you go. So there's bit. a difference there. That's cool. I didn't think to check that earlier. Anyways, they so yeah, the on the cover, we have a, a fighter, black belt, black mage, red mage. By my gauge, if we want to debate that further, we can. But... In either case, the four characters that are that are featured, they are crowding the. And I, you know, this is another example, Jab. We're just like I had the guide, I looked at it a million times, and I just never really fucking uh, you put it all. I never really soaked it all in and, and realized what I was looking at. <laughs> like like they're crowding the bow of the airship, and right. I don't think I never noticed. I never noticed that they were on a ship. I don't think. Like I, I really started looking. Sorry, go ahead. I always knew that they were on the airship because those little, you know, the propellers or the... See, I see, I didn't even... Those are just... That's just shit in the sky to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get, even it, though it's, it's a really... 
it is a bizarre perspective. The, it's leaking off the image, of, you know, on the top there too. So right. it should be all the more highlighting that it's like a foreground thing and not a background thing. But yeah. <laughs> I never fucking put it together. It is a very bizarre perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's cool, uh, but that's that's fucked up to me that I just never I had this thing we look at it so much and I just, I just I don't know I was such an oblivious child I guess. And there so there's also a castle floating in the sky in the faraway background to kind of complete the whole deal. Uh, to let you know, I guess, I don't know, that's kind of like what you're fighting for to some degree, or fighting towards throughout. That might specifically represent uh, the uh, the city above, uh, well, I'll spare you, but yes. <laughs> Are you giving spoilers again? No, Spoiler- I, would, I would never do something like that. <laughs> Uh, so whatever, it's good. Looks great, of course. The Final Fantasy is in bold white font. Smaller yellow below it reads: "Weapons, spells, friends, foes, maps lead to victory." And this is technically in the uh, Nintendo Power publication lineage. It's notated as being Volume Seventeen, which would have had it uh, being mailed out and hitting newsstands in October of 1990. So we are actually cheating just a wee bit, seeing as uh, we just did issue 14 of Nintendo Power J. Uh, hopefully, you uh, listeners will forgive us for this mon- monumental betrayal and can find a way to look past it to see our good intentions in doing so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so inside, they have a table of contents dividing the game up into seven chapters of coverage. We have essentially played up through chapter four already. So yeah, so we'll be doing revisiting those and and uh, just touching on them after the fact moving forward. And then we get a two-page screenshot map that follows that, and they conveniently did bubble overlays on land masses that correspond with the chapter that most primarily applies to that part of the map. And mm-hmm. I think that was a really cool idea to kind of keep, let you know, you know, give you an idea. Because, I mean, to us, I think modern day, the scope of this game is not overwhelming, but there, to the 1990 video game player, this was probably just like... How am I just? I can't. <laughs> you know, like, how am I ever gonna get? How am I ever gonna fucking just internalize all this and figure it out? Like, it's just too much. You yeah, know? it's like Dragon Warrior on steroids. Right, right, very much so. I like it though. It kind of gives me an idea of, uh, yo, where to go next. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know? sure, 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 sure. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's funny. I didn't even think of that when we were talking about like. It's almost. Yeah, that kind of sucks, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll get to it, but I kind of knew to go to Chapter 5, you know, just based on stuff happening in the game. So, at this point, I looked at the map, and it's either I either go left or I'm going to go right, you know right. what I mean? So. I, but I didn't, see, I, I didn't look at the guide until I had played it a bit, and I got, I wandered around, man. I didn't know those caves, you know, we'll get to it, but the, the cave, like, I didn't... I didn't like know you, what to do. You didn't know you didn't know to go to Cardia Islands up there next. I didn't even know what Cardia Islands were. I saw those, and uh, I mean, and, and this is, and I even had, you know, there's like loose memories jostling around in here of playing this game. So when I saw those islands and the holes in them, I was like, I know those are significant, but I don't know what they are, and I was assuming I had to go to some town first to uh, to start the the. the path down the class change so yeah i mean i i i essentially i explored every other part of the map before going to where i was supposed to go here Mm. so that's so funny to me man i i remember earlier in a narrative one of the dwarves in the dwarf cave talking about a floater or something so i went to the dwarf cave and of course like nobody had anything new to say so i was kind of like well the guide and everything is talking about going north so i just kind of flew straight north 
and it landed on an island, and, and I was like, there's a hole, so what do I do here? You know, so I just, naturally progression to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, from the it, North Cave, it is directly north, yeah, so yeah. that would work. And it's one of the fucking few places that are, where you can actually land that airship near a POI. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, everything else up north is, like, with the exception of that town over on the right, it, it's all, like, you know, they... they Take into account that you're going to have that airship, and they make you work to get wherever the fuck you're going to go. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's also another incentive. But yeah, it didn't didn't hit me. The world of Final Fantasy is the title atop this map, and I, I like that too. That's a good choice of words. Then we have one page that explains how this research tool can best be engaged. Where it's pointed out, there is an index in the back. You can find specific persons, places, things if needed. Then, and then it's uh, and that's kind of a nice tool as well. And then we are on to chapter one. So I figured we would do, you know, we would read the story blurb as the start to this because I think that's probably the chief thing to take out of these is to really have wrap our minds around the story. So I thought each of us could alternate reading those, and I figured chapter one. Jab, would you like to would you start us off with chapter one uh, blurb here? As the game opens, four travelers have appeared at the gates of the castle in Corneria. All are young and inexperienced, but bold. One seems to be a fighter, a knight in training. Another appears in the garb of a martial arts black belt. The two remaining members of the party are mages, apprentice wizards. Their coming was foretold long ago. Corneria town was once called the Dream City. That was before the darkness and the rot began to spread, began spreading upon the earth. In those golden days, four orbs of power controlled the four elements of wind, fire, water, and earth. But then the light drained from the orbs and the balance was destroyed. As shadows lengthened and the ground shook with tremors, Lucan, the prophet, announced that four heroes would appear in time to grapple with this new evil. The light warriors he named them, and then he departed to join the circle of sages at Crescent Lake. In the kingdom of Corneria, as in all the free world, the evil spread from day to day. Nightmarish creatures now roamed the forests and cities, and cities lay in ruins. The Dark Age had come at last, and the leading forces of the Shadow was a knight named Garland. It was he who had crippled the four orbs, and it was he, too, that kidnapped the Princess Sarah of Corneria. Only the coming of the Light Warriors could save them. I think the first thing you have to say is Nintendo definitely hired someone to write that. <laughs> I mean, they're already like talking about like Crescent Lake, and you're already meeting like late game characters. Yeah, it's it, it's impressive. It's really it's yeah. You know, as much like we said, as much as we read this book or page through it, I should say, like there's just it's packed with like lore and information. You, you can't yeah. just like go to you know Fallout Wiki and read the whole timeline of the world, you know, before the Fallout games happened. This yeah. is as close as you get. Yep. Yeah, the... Yeah, I don't know. And, like, I, I struggle to think that we would have read it, you know? Well, I mean, I yeah, I was a kid. I wanted to play the game. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a 37-year-old man now, and I'm still not positive that I know how to read. <laughs> so I don't think I would have done this when I was younger. Yeah. I feel like like maybe the, that first blurb on the art page, but, like, that book part on the on the first page of the actual chapter like nah fuck that i'm not reading that because i think it would have it would have fucking made the game considerably more enjoyable so the first page of each chapter where the first part of what jab read there is always a full page illustration with an ornate chapter heading on the upper third as well as a small table setting blurb there down at the bottom and then we move to a page with an excerpt of the world map 
the basically the the, the bubbled part on the overall world map uh, on the on the uh, at the beginning of the uh, of the book here, and then each point of interest is highlighted, titled, and a page number where it's covered in depth is provided. So, yeah, they're very explicit. Like, you know, if you have a problem, you can it it incentivizes you to think of the guide, I guess, as something to consult for specific issues as opposed mm-hmm. to just step use it. Step by step. Yeah, exactly. As, yeah. Yeah, as a bullet point list of things to, to, to follow along with, you know, which is It's not telling you exactly what to do. Right. Well, I think it tells you what exactly what to do, but I think it's it, I think by telling you the page numbers like that, it's telling you to, like, you know, play the game. And then if you have a fucking problem about something, and you can use the index if you need to even. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. what's the name of the thing you can't figure out or they're telling you about that you can't find or whatever the fuck it is. And then open the guide, and you can, t- you know, you can, t- you can s- skip right to the part that solves the, the issue. It's like, you know, fucking playing Outer Wilds right now. And, like, I'm towards the end of the game, and I've kind of exhausted all the information that can be found on the fucking log thing. And I still don't know exactly what to do about some things. So, like... I, you know, yesterday I was fucking, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try to look, like, I'm going like, to try to find an answer on the internet, and, like, when you're doing that and you don't want to spoil something, man, you are, like, I don't even know how to describe that kind of reading, where you're, like... It is risky business. <laughs> oh, my God, you're, like, like look at one word, and, like, look away, and, like, oh, my... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eyes are, like, literally darting away from the screen. Exactly, right. Like, did I, did, did I get the information I need? Can I stop reading? Uh... No, no, I don't think I know anything more. <laughs> like, okay, next word, you know. <laughs> uh, so this kind of allows you to sort of kind of do that, and that's that's cool, I think. Uh, yeah, I like how they have the enemies listed that you're going to meet in each town. That's kind of nice, like, with all the details. Yep. No, yeah, those fun, the, the best Sherry stuff is fantastic, dude. And, it's, yeah, it gives you, I mean, Because we have, like, the bestiary guide, but it's so huge, like, having it kind of like, all right, when you're in the Temple of Fiends... Here's who you're gonna fight. When you're here, Purchase this is who you're gonna fight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just yeah, just the, yeah, this is the way they the boxes and everything. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a sec. But yeah, they, they yeah. that's really well done aspect of this too. And yeah, they even like even the ones that like you know were covered earlier. They give you a little list of the page numbers of where to find those. You can yeah, mm-hmm. so it's all it's very fucking well structured. And, it and it is information good. dense. Yep. Yeah. So then yeah, the plot point settings are are worked through a page at a time from there, uh, or sometimes multiple multiple if it's a particularly complex location. And there, yeah, there are detailed screenshot maps. There's explanations of story. There's tables of weapons and armor. There's spell charts, but spell, uh, special item breakdowns and illustrations, bestiary entries for the enemies you'll be encountering, like we mentioned, boss battle strategies. Like it's all here in like full RPG enlightenment glory. <laughs> like everything you could possibly need about this game is packed in here. It's fucking fantastic. And then at the end of the chapter, we are first exposed to how the flow of the chapter wrap up sections will go here in the first one here. And they, they, they first do a, a step-by-step summary of events covered in the chapter. So you can kind of like be sure you checked all the boxes along the way and didn't miss anything. And then they have a section called Unsolved Mysteries. And unfortunately, no Robert Stack voiceover is featured. But they do ask questions you might have asked yourself while playing through this part of the game. And kind of nudge you towards answers for those questions to help you steer or to steer you, help steer you in the in the direction you should be going, and in this case, they are pointing you to the south to poke around in Elfland for the Mystic Key. And then, lastly, they have battle techniques where they'll offer like just general battle tips to kind of deal with the game. And here, they're first covering undead enemies as weaknesses to fire and harm magic, as well as the fighter weapon, sun sword, and light axe doing additional damage to them, which probably isn't true. And <laughs> and then sea enemies being susceptible to lightning spells and the coral sword being effective. For those as the latter tip. 
Hmm. And I guess like kind of like the way I want to approach this, uh, <laughs> I'm calling them J regret checks. Like J, after <laughs> reading this first chapter, is there anything you wish you'd have been fed before playing this part of the game? Especially in chapter one, I assume not. It's all pretty straightforward. But I kind of like each each chapter. I kind of want to ask that question. Like, is there something in here that you were like, "Fuck! If I'd have known that, this would have been so much better." <laughs> well, I feel like I just got like the Zeus Gauntlet not too long ago. So I like that last little blurb. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. We talked about the lightning against water foe, so. Thankfully, I knew that, but if we didn't talk about that, that's super useful to know. And again, like the Zeus Gauntlet, the Coral Sword, like, did I find a Coral Sword? I think if I did, by the time I found it, it was, like, not useful, so I'm like, I don't know. This it, would kind it of was useful, nice Jay. You were using the fucking Silver Sword, and you should have been, if you'd have checked the fucking, the Coral Sword was dope. That was one of the few <laughs> things I let the fucking, oh. the bros were able to use. I was, I used, the Coral Sword was, like, the key to my happiness, for like the Gurgu well, phase of the game. Who uses it though? Like who uses it in my party? My one of my mages. I bet the red mage might have been able to use it. That'd be my guess. See if I can find it here. If the fucking right. thieves can use it, I bet the fucking red mage can. I don't red know. I feel like I feel like coral if, sword. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, page thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> can the can, wait? Can the thieves use the silver sword? Thieves no, can right? use the thieves. They coral can. Sword. Okay. Yes. Then yes. Then coral sword must be better. Um, well, I mean, let's take a look. 19 and damage and 15 hit percent. This is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I should probably be doing schoolwork, but this is way more fun. Uh, let's see, Silver Sword, where you at? There we are. Uh, no, actually, Silver Sword's 23 damage, 15 hit percentage. Coral Sword is 19 damage, 15 hit percentage. See, so. it's better. Right? Was I not using the Coral I could have sworn I was using the Coral Sword, but they can use the Silver Sword? Who's that? Yeah. The Thieves. Thieves cannot use the silver sword, which oh, would explain, okay. uh, oh, which would explain okay. your problem. Oh, okay. There, gotcha. there I thought you said they did. I was going to say, what the fuck, man? I definitely checked those numbers. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's I was, no I was trying way. to do everything I could fucking figure out. If I can do too. two damage instead of one, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I want on board. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, those battle technique things are great. And yeah, it is a little weird that they kind of are like, they're used, yeah, they're talking about things that, yeah, you're just, you know, you're not going to see forever. And that's maybe a little, I don't know either frustrating or <laughs> you would hope that they would use something that's a little more short-sighted, <laughs> you know, right. for the example. It has me but. second guessing everything. I'm like, could I have used, could my fighter have used the light axe? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm pretty I sure I checked that. every time I found a weapon, I was checking the math. <laughs> no, those are, those are, that's late game shit they're talking about. And they even almost mention it in a way when they say like, defend yourself by using the Zeus gauntlet, page 51. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, so three quarters through the game. Got it. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, okay, yeah, that, that definitely. I didn't even notice the page thing. So yeah, that, that definitely tells you that like, yeah, they were aware <laughs> of what they were saying, to say the least. In chapter two, we it's it's titled "The Sleeping Prince," and Jay, the storytelling conch has been passed to you. Uh, would you please do us the honor of reading the story blurb blurb from this chapter? But of course. The four light warriors are venturing forth in their swift sailing ship. Across dangerous seas you've guided them to the shores of a vast new land with many dangers and many mysteries. 
Here, you will venture into dark caves. You will explore castles and earn wealth and experience. But most important, you will help people in great need. (laughs) (laughs) The next page. The Dark Elf. Elfland resisted the growing darkness better than most of the world, in part due to their beloved prince. His honesty, courage, and wisdom were renowned throughout Elfland and in kingdoms as far away as Canaria. But there was one elf named Astos, a cousin of the prince, who lived further north and west in a country that fell under the spreading shadow. Over the years, his castle fell into ruins and creatures of darkness made their way, made it into their abode. And as the shadows deepened on his land, Astos also fell under their gl- under their gloomy spell. He began to brood, and soon jealousy crept into his heart, jealousy over the good fortune of his cousin. With his evil band, Astos marched on the castle of the elf, defeated the elfish army, and cast a sleeping spell upon the good prince. In his way, the shadow reached even the heart of Elfland. On his return journey, Astos came upon an old woman in the forest who peered at him through a lens of crystal. "'Wicked creature!' she shrieked, making, a gesture, making gestures in the air as if to ward off evil spirits. Ignoring her curses, the dark elf stole a crystal and left her blind in the wilderness. There's so much in there that I had no idea was in the story, Jed. Yeah. It's just, I, it's an actual story. Yeah. I'm I like, Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> the, the idea that he had marched on Elfland and actually There's a whole the battle and military campaign that took yeah, place. Never yeah. once pictured that in my head. Uh, the fact that they were cousins, that never, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> and yeah, the shit with Matoya, like that's extra fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, I never thought yeah, about like, that. Yeah, like it's funny because like. For me, when I play this game, you know, it's almost like a like a cathartic thing. Yeah, I'm just kind of like grinding and like hearing the music and seeing the sights and doing all that. And having done that uh, ten times over my life, it you know, I'm just going through the motions. But like, you know, I, I don't know why Matoya's is blind. She's just blind. That's what I've been told. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and like, I, definitely... I don't know why Astos is being such a dick, but he is. Yeah, and I definitely, <laughs> I didn't, I, I definitely never, like, yes. It's very clearly painted to you that Astol stole Matoya's crystal, but mm-hmm. those the there there is no context given to how that occurred, and certainly not this much if there is. Right, and yeah, and you know my son, you know you just assume a minion whatever it's went there and stole it from her cave or some shit. Right, like not that they had this meeting in the forest and he just left her fucking ass there like blind. Yeah. Like that's you know, these are like real characters that like travel the world, you know, like. Yeah. You know, Sarda or whatever was in Canaria, I believe, in the part that I read. And now Matoya is all the way from the north, all the way down, wandering through the forest after a military campaign. Seems really dangerous, but uh, but there she was. So, right, yeah, it, it's fucking. This shit is cool. Yeah, and that yeah, I mean that's like a a bully move too. You know, it's like it's like a it's a very specific. You know, it's 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 not like there was like a battle of some kind, and like you know we took the spoils. It's like you know. A, 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 a bully just sees someone, takes their shit, and is just like, 
you know, fucking gives him one of those like fucking like good know, enough for me. Yeah, one of the one of those like fucking yeah. You know, what do you call that? Like fucking jump at him and like scare him again right before you leave and talk a little shit as you walk away with their stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like, Man, I wish I'd had this context when I whipped his ass. Because <laughs> he was no threat. Like, I wish I'd had this context. Like, now what? What? Like, uh, I felt just like Matoya the whole time I was battling him. The... <laughs> <laughs> So the, the chapter two artwork is a tranquil one. The party's is bedside with the sleeping prince of Elfland and his slumber attendant. And we start here in the chapter with the introduction uh, to the castle of the elf and Elfland, then move through the marsh and dwarf caves of Horkless in the chapter out. And page 21 is a small blurb titled, Earn Ogre Gold the Easy Way. And Jab, this is what I thought the Peninsula of Power was. Really? Interesting. Yes. When okay. they were, when that, every time that has been said in my life, and even when, when I was instructed to go there initially, when we were first, you know, in that phase, and people were weighing it on Facebook and stuff, that is what I was thinking they were talking about, and that is where I went <laughs> to, to grind. I mean, uh, like, well, where do you see a peninsula? It's uh, you know, it's just a fucking. Maybe you loose... skipped over that word, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's kind of like you know. The rocks there, and it kind of the actual land kind of juts out a little bit. Uh, That's a very well, stretching no. of the definition. <laughs> very stretching yeah, yeah, the definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is like a, it's got a pointed look to it, and yeah, yeah. Basically, I just skipped over that word. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, I guess yeah. Since we're talking about something on in an audio form, for the most part, it's a boomerang-shaped grassland space immediately east of Elfland. So yeah, there's very little peninsula, uh, peninsula e about it. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, in the short descriptions of locations that appear just below the names at the tops of pages, they will mention roundabouts of what level they recommend you to be at before making the jump to it. And I think that's a, a neat little touch too. Mm-hmm. The Northwest Castle, for example, suggests being level four or five before coming there, then waiting till eight or nine for the Marsh Cave and. I also took note of the fact that they are clearly not at all on the frat bros train for these estimates as far as <laughs> what level you need to be at to actually take these things on. So. Well, they expected you to pick a real party. Right, exactly. <laughs> not <laughs> not whatever it is that you did. Right, so you could even say that you know, specifically this party, like the one that they're taking through the story, you know. Right. Uh, and, you know, that could even be their intent with that. Like, literally, this is like your tutorial party, your tutorial. Like, they expect the game has replay, but I don't know. You know, like, I, I could see them thinking, like, you know, this is exactly what we're quoting here is the story we're showing you. <laughs> it's fascinating that they don't include a white mage, though. I kind of thought the healer was kind of, the full healer was a standard staple, you know. Of fantasy games, I agree. I don't disagree with that at all. The Marsh Cave blur booms a Final Fantasy commandment. The single most important tip is to take 99 heal potions, and that's, <laughs> that's, that, that is you know literally. I think we've I think we every time we've said this or not every time, but I'm we probably have said those exact words. I guess is what I'm trying to say here, Jeff. Like we've like, definitely said that, right? What I mean to the to the letter, probably that exact thing at some point because it, right. it that, that was where we got it from is that sentence right there. <laughs> it turns out the single most important tip for Final Fantasy is enslave your little brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be in the well, we would do that would be a battle technique or where where would they it, put that? Honestly, exactly? it'd probably be in the first chapter because that's how they build the uh, bridge, if you remember. <laughs> like, hey, we need a bridge. You're like, there's really not one there. It's like we got people for it, man. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it occurred to me going through this chapter that there is not much of an effort to make this guide, yeah, like a traditional walkthrough. Like, the, like, the summary of events at the end of the chapter acts as a rough step-by-step, mm-hmm. but the pages preceding that are just compartmentalized. They're not necessarily in order. Right, exactly. They have their compartmentalized focuses on the locations themselves. They are not how you necessarily need to, yeah, uh, go to them. And, yeah, a prime example of this is in this chapter, prior to the final three steps in the event summary, it focuses it, like... Like, there's nothing in this chapter other than the summary events, rather, that mm-hmm. focuses on the Mystic Key Tour you, you kind of have to take to claim all the unrealized gains you have to forgo before you get it, you know? And even in the Explorer's Manual, it kind of has that. So that's uh, a big difference between the two books, I guess, you know? And, um, you know, maybe a conscious choice, maybe not, but uh, it, it is certainly a disparity between the two that I thought worth mentioning. Yeah, it's kind of nice because they, they tell you, like, all the major things, but, like, as you say, 10, 11, 12 on the summary of events, you know, maybe short of 12. Like, you don't really have to go back to, you don't have to really do 10 and 11. So, you know, they, they don't cover it in depth. It's just these, like, two sentences with a little picture of, like, where you should be. Right. Yeah, you so, think things you could have hit right? Um, if you wanted to, yeah. Agreed. But I do remember, yeah, I mean, I think we probably talked about it when we did the thing, but, like, getting the key and just, like, remembering, like, oh, my God, there's, like, you know, X amount of rooms that I couldn't even get into. Yep. You know, it's it's nice how the game, like, sets you up to, like, take steps forward, and then you kind of, like, run back and do some other things, and then you take a huge step forward, you know, from that perspective to the next thing. Yep. It's, yeah, you know, it, considering the limitations of the time for, like, cartridge gaming and whatnot, like, they, they gave you as much variety as they could. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, yeah. Metroidvania stuff there, you know, trying to work that in. Mm-hmm. Very good. <clears throat> the unsolved mysteries are teasing the source of the Earth's rot and the floater airship. Um, mostly dwarf cave stuff. And Jay, regret check. Anything in here that would have been helpful to know that you missed? I don't think so. No. <laughs> I think <laughs> I was pretty thorough story here. for that role play. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I guess a uh, jab. Any other ruminations? That you nothing would say that jumps for... out. I mean, you know, nothing that jumps out. It's just all the artwork is really stellar, and you know, it's as well done. It's honestly better in a lot of ways. I've been playing Fallout Four. Um, I've been playing Fallout Four again, the Magnum Opus uh, download deal mod system, and uh, if I ever need to like look something up, like if I go into somewhere and like I clear an area out, you know, I'm like, oh, did I miss like anything important? And I go online to search, and it's just a fucking shit show. It's just, it's it's really hard to like get solid information. All the all the websites are clogged up with ads and shit. Like this is great. Like it it tells you. I think literally everything is in this. Yeah. Well, there's one thing that you pointed out in the Earth Cave that is allegedly not in here. Uh, I'm drawing a blank what that is, but we'll see. It's, when we get we're there. coming up on chapter three. But yes, it's it's comprehensive and and well done and. As you say, it's a it's just as good of of a reference of reference source as you can get, and then that it happened back in 1990 is even more impressive. For sure, I love that. The, there's a lot of them in here, and that's why I'm thinking about for this particular section. But the the special item stuff too, again, kind of like, you know, they're just words on that menu, on that sub menu, mm-hmm. and here there's like a lot of attention paid to these special items: the herb, the key, the crown, the crystal. You know, and there's like, yeah, they, the the way they feature these, it's like it says special item, and there's fucking a big picture of it, so you can visualize exactly what the hell it is, and then an explanation of it with like a, a unique little blurb about it, and what it, what uh, its significance or what it means, or you know where it came from, whatever. And 
those are really nice touches too that I really yeah the key's not just like you know the letters k-e-y on the screen it's like this like bronze falcon headed right you know it, it's it's it looks mystic it does look mystic yeah, it, it, it's very, it's... Chapter 3, The Rotting Earth Now the Light Warriors have passed beyond the inner lands to the Great Western Sea. Here they will encounter the first of the four elemental forces and enemies far stronger than any they have met up to now. The once beautiful town of Melmond is a source of information, magic weapons, and a place to recover strength. The Dying Earth In ages past, the town of Melmond was known as a seat of learning, a city of peaceful traders and beautiful gardens on the western border of civilization. But when the light was drained from the four orbs, Melmond suffered greatly, perhaps more than any other town. The rich soil underfoot turned to clay, the plants died, people moved away to seek a living in more hospitable lands. Some of the braver citizens sought the source of the rot, wandering further afield until they reached the black mouth of a cavern far south of Melmond. There they heard of the coming of Lich, the fiend of the earth, but none returned to tell the tale. For an age, Lich had remained buried in the cool bosom of the earth. What a great word, bosom. <laughs> uh, wait, waiting for his time of ascendance. When light drained from the orbs, Lich sensed it and and he stirred. Creeping from his dark hole, the foul breath of his passing turned all it touched into poison. The rot spread across the land like a brush fire. It was the beginning of the end, and Lich rejoiced. That's so good, that man. That is so good. <laughs> like, like, you could make a fucking D&D campaign off of that. <laughs> we you, you could write a whole story off of that. <laughs> They're probably like the, the Explorer's is. Handbook kind of just made it seem like, oh, Lich. And you're like, whatever. I just I'll killed go him. Get no him. big deal. Yeah, I'm right. going to fight this Lich. Yeah, give me the context, man. This is missing. Yep. Yep, yep. They, they, they should have been... Uh, chap, they would have, would have been nice if there, there was like a little story companion piece. You know, we're, we're just the story elements of this. We're in a standalone. Oh, I mean, they could have put it in the Explorer's Handbook in three pages. Sure. It wouldn't have taken much at all. Sure, sure, sure. But, yeah, I mean, the, I mean this came out long after the game, though. You can't right. Uh, yeah, of course, I don't levy that as a criticism. It's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, I, I'm, I'm glad for it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No question. So the artwork for this is a full-on, they go full-on battle mode here in the Earth Cave. The party of power is squaring off against an Earth Elemental and a giant. And this installment is rather brief. There's six steps in the summary taking us from the city of Melmond through taking down Lich in the Earth Cave. The Melmond level 5 spell chart was where I first really took note that every single spell chart is a 2 yes, 2 no. Right in the recommended yep. buy column, and the, the, there's one exception to this. It's the level two white spells, which gave the honor to three of them. And, and I just I don't know. I don't. Like, we briefly touched on this before when when you brought it up, Jab. But like I, I don't know. I just don't get it. They're like they're giving a thumbs down to harm three here, and that's crazy talk. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. harm three is awesome for the yeah. white mage, man. Yeah, because your white mage can't inflict. It doesn't have many opportunities to inflict damage. Right. Uh, undead is one of them. Mm -hmm. Harm three is really important. 
Yeah, so yeah, that's I would love to know like who like who fucking decided these and on what basis or metrics did they decide them by? You know? I you, like we said I I think the idea was to like you know kind of leave it up to you a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. That's weird cuz harm 3 is a, one of the better spells. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. And yeah, and what else? Yeah, plenty they... of other ones like yeah, I get it like, you know, if you but then again, like the game didn't even know that like certain things were broken, so it's not like they were telling you to not buy it because like, oh, this shit's broken. Right. And like, you know, yeah. if you had to choose, but if, if if you could only have two of these things, like okay, like yes, cure three and life are better. Yes. Sure. But. But I get a third, and I'm taking harm three over a heal two every day and twice on Sunday. Right. Well, you know, I don't think you can take that into account because yes, that's not that's not. The point. The point is, should I have it or should I not? It shouldn't mm-hmm. matter this, the, what the other options are, really. It's just like, is it a good... Well, it's Best Buys, so yes, you are contrasting, I guess. But still, like, it's a good spell to have regardless of what other options would be, you know? And you have the room for it. So there's no downside other than the right. 8,000 gold, which you shouldn't view as a downside. That is the advancement of your party. <laughs> sure, it's <laughs> you know? just investment. Right. Yeah. So I, t- yeah. I took that exactly as yeah they're they're going to choose two yeses and two nos, and you know pick those two yeses and the third one is up to you, you know, kind of thing. Okay. Well, then why in chapter two do they give us all three then? That's weird. Chapter. That's, chapter two. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, what were they? They want uh, their best buys for mad for level two were mute, uh, alit, and invis. So. All good. Which I don't even know if I used that's, all of those. Like, that's probably. the best of all of them. Yeah. I have them, but as far as actually using them, eh, yeah. not so much. I do have to say though, they they don't. I don't think they ever give a bad recommendation. It's not like yeah, you should definitely buy temper. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? true. I guess yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know, they're. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's probably giving them so much more credit. It probably was just like. A dude smoking a bowl, like, oh, yes, right. yes, no, no, no. But <laughs> let's do tomorrow. Yeah, yes, yes, no, no. Cool. Yeah. Yes, I, yes, I no, want no. them. Let me hit the Excel spreadsheet, such as it exists in 1990, and I'll just go. Yeah, I, I want them to be sitting there and have some sort of mathematical equation, but that's probably a lofty hope. Right. Yeah. Unsolved mysteries are about a civilization in the north and more floater action. And then Battle Techniques deals in knowing how your weaponry affects certain classifications of enemy. The Giant Sword, the Rune Sword, and the Dragon Sword are the three examples used. And do any of them actually fucking work in the way suggested? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So, regret check, Jay. Anything in here? No, because even when I look at, like, the spells, like, I couldn't even get warp. You know what I mean? And I grab what I could grab. At this part part of the game, I was pretty much smashing things, and yeah, I don't think so because I there may have been a weapon I missed in here, but at the same time, I always had the best weapons I could find, so I think I'm good. No complaints. Even yeah, like what no what about these like like the like you know a lot of it is just kind of bullet points. So if you're further in the game, like yeah, you figured it out. But like I don't know, like maybe the lich battle. Like Dude, I, des- I destroyed Lich in like, <laughs> like it was just like that's what I'm saying. Like on the, in the Explorer's Handbook, I I remember the artwork making it seem like oh Lich, like oh. So I was like okay, and I was expecting something serious, and I hit him with like a fire three, 
my fighter sword and like another fire three. You know what I mean? He was done in like three hits, and I was like, okay, done. Moving. <laughs> yeah. Man, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I got the jump on him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the bros got the jump on. They probably snuck up on him, but when he turned around, he wasn't impressed with what he saw. <laughs> Is, so, okay, so let's move on to chapter four, Warriors in the Sky. Did you did you read this one? Is this the one you read Our last episode, Jeff? I think yes, it is. Okay. Yes, because so we'll, it talks about the yeah, yeah. Yeah, we won't do that again. <laughs> the artwork depicts the party in the Ryukin Desert raising the airship, and this is I like really parsing this art is one of maybe the maybe it might be probably the funnest moment I had of going mm. through the magazine here for this because this is a hilarious scene if you really get granular. the The fighter is holding the floater stone up, so he's doing the work. And the other guys are a ways behind him, and they are completely unparticipatory. They're not even exerting the slightest bit of effort. One of them is not even looking. Exactly. The black belt <laughs> care less that a ship is appearing out of the sand. And He's been sal- pretty amazed by it, dude. The the black man, the, the 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 black belt. The black belt. He's like turning around, like holy fuck. Oh, to me, he is soliciting the mages with the universally understood invite for a game of hot hands. He's not even paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> He is not even paying attention to this. And I think that is magnified by the fact that mages are completely oblivious to his fun invite because they are too busy pointing at the airship in absolute awe of fucking magic. You know, because what I mean? it's actually incredible, right? Right, exactly. So yeah, I just think there's like there's so much disconnect <laughs> happening here that I I found it hysterical. <laughs> I love the I love the difference in perspective here. So when I looked at this, I I kind of thought that at first, but I'm like, wait a minute. Both of the mages are pointing. The black mage is actively holding a staff up so maybe them pointing is actually they're doing some kind of magical check sort or of like arcane effort to, yeah they're trying to like they don't know what's going on so they're just you know what i mean maybe it has something to do maybe they're doing some kind of special spell cast well yeah maybe the floater needs like the presence of you know magic around it to like fully stabilize work. it or like they're not casting something. like fire three to raise it or anything but like they're just right. using their magical prowess to help the floater do the work of raising the airship that's a good one yeah that's so much that's such a, that, that that you're right that is the difference in perspective is funny that is so much more faith in the universe <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a little bit better than disbelief so that you can like like how how does this work in the story and not break the story? You know? Yeah, Josh just went straight to uh, 1990 hot hands on the number two bus driven by Derek. Was that our bus number, Jam? That's that a good. That's, two, a, yeah. that's a fantastic pull. Great. Do you remember job. the 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 color of our bus? Like when you like they'd be at the school and they'd be like the blank bus has arrived. Oh fuck no, jeez, I didn't even remember the two. Yeah, well, we were number two <laughs> white bus. Oh man, I don't remember that at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Daryl was the was our. Was I mean, our I remember. Driver. Yeah, I remember. He was He was my bus driver my entire life. Literally my entire career. How crazy! My entire career. My entire. <laughs> my entire. Uh, uh, not collegiate. My entire scholastic uh, like, career. Primary. <laughs> it's not my entire scholastic. I'm in college now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but my entire primary school career. It was Daryl. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. Fucking Daryl. Man, I wonder. You think he's still alive? No. Uh, almost, <laughs> just, almost just, certainly dead. Just definitive. No, he was <laughs> he was old then, dude. I don't know. He wasn't that old, dude. Yeah, he, he didn't pro- look good. But what do you want me to say, man? He was probably some. <laughs> yeah. He was probably born in like the fucking forties, and he smoked cigarettes a bunch. Uh, I'm sure. Like <laughs> he looked like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if Daryl's family's out there listening. I feel like I feel like he's everyone the kind of d- smoked cigs back then. 
he, I feel like he wore those shirts that had the pocket in the breast. Tailor he, made for holding a pack of cigs. Exactly. And yeah. And if he smoked cigs, we'd have seen him. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't recall what number our bus was, so don't That's true. start. But I did. You know. I did. I remember. I remember Daryl. I can. I can picture Daryl. No problem, man. I got Daryl. He. Had, I remember Daryl had uh, hair coming out of his ears. Yep. That was like a huge thing for the kids. Oh. Yeah. And he had like droopy jowls and like his earlobes. That's yeah. what I mean. Like he was old, dude. He was old. He had, he had, yeah. He had like a very loose. He had very loose skin on his face. Yeah, his face was actually very Corbin esque in a way. In many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Am I just ripping this man? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh you're, you're fucking tearing Daryl up. Yeah. I'm not a fucking looker myself, okay? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get the same treatment. Uh, that's great. My dog is also very handsome, so there's not necessarily an in- esteem. What do you call that? Not, not esteemed, but uh, distinguished. Distinguished. Distinguished yes, look. Yes. yes. Very distinguished look. Okay, well, that's the artwork. The we here here we start in Crescent Lake to meet the Circle of Sages, and we carry through besting Carrie and Gurgu and braving the ice cave to get the floater. Then, lastly, raising the airship. A whopping four pages are dedicated to Gurgu, one more than the Earth Cave got, so they think Gurgu needs more attention, which probably makes sense. The unsolved mysteries section deals in the Circle of Sages commentary only, and two more fiends both of which have been here tearing shit up longer still remain they mention here and then the guide suggests this means they might be stronger than lich and carry and they also point out the sages keep piecemealing you information and not divulging at all before asking what the fuck is up with that <laughs> like, why don't they give you the whole fucking carrot so you can you know solve the puzzle i don't know it's a good question i just noticed something uh, kind of funny before we get to Jay's take on all this, do you know what the plural of Medusa is? Medusas? Medusae? Medusins. Medusae. Medusins. Yeah, is which they have Medusins? here in battle techniques. No shit. That's yeah, I mean, it's probably also used to describe, like, the family tree and whatnot, but Medusins, apparently, is a word. But this yeah. is also a magazine produced by a Japanese company, translated in English, so... Who knows? Who knows Can't the necessarily be that? trusted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Battle Techniques does have three rather random factoids with no connected tissue to them at all. Always use fire shit when dealing with ice enemies and vice versa. But does it work, Chab? Mm. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, who Certainly knows? not me. Yeah, the... I, a, a, how do you pronounce that, you think? Aegis? Aegis? Aegis is what Agus. I always said. Agus. Shield nerfs the stone attack of enemies that wield it. And the ribbon and pro ring are unique defensive tools. The ribbon protects against special attacks. And I'm like, am I to surmise from that that this means they're talking about like the scorched cremate, et cetera, deal of the volcano enemies? Is that what we're talking about by saying that? Yeah, I think it's not only that, but I think ribbon protects against like all status effects. Okay. Yeah, also that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Well, it also that, that, also that would surprise me. I would think it'd be one or the other. No, Ribbon in Final Fantasy, if I'm not mistaken, and people can comment to you guys, not me, about it, uh, I think it's always protected against status effects. Like, even Final Fantasy Tactics, you get a Ribbon, and it prevents, like, being turned into a frog and shit like that. Okay. Uh, okay, well then, probably it probably does not help with those, then, I would guess, because those are just damage-based things, you know? Right, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yep. And but then... I know that once you have a Ribbon, you want it to be a part of your attire. Yes. Yeah, I definitely I have them on the bros, I think. 
And the Pro Ring can deflect the Rub Spell. Nice to know something exists to help with that, even though I imagine we won't get it until it's less of a problem. <laughs> and actually, it, it, I did find them, and now my bros do have those, actually. So it's, mm. it's, it is just a little bit later than, than here mm. um, that you find it. Any regrets about getting the airship out of the fucking desert or anything, Jay? Definitely no regrets about getting the airship out. I mean, I kind of just wish I had this guide. I'm, I'm just looking at, like, the locations, because the Gurgu Volcano was a beast to get through. Oh, know? these maps are, yes. I mean, oh the, I guess we, we haven't mentioned that. The difference between the maps in here and the maps provided on that poster deal that came with the game are it's you know i mean there's it's night and day there's everything is labeled all the pois are explained to you like there is no mystery <laughs> which you know is like i said yeah. good i, I think it, it, it's good that that's not provided but uh and what came, comes with the game because i think it, i think this is too much you know it, it is literally like the whole the thing we talked about the about the attrition effect of being lured away by what might be in a room you want to go explore, some chests you want to open, all that goes away, and you are literally just straight shot into the boss if you make that choice with these maps, and that is not mm. how these are meant, meant to be experienced. You know, I don't know. I <laughs> my thought was always I want to make it to the boss and not die. So I hope that I get the best things along the way, but I'm not necessarily going to search every freaking room because I want to stay alive. You know what That's, I mean? That's not fan- that important to me. That's fantastic video game discipline. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, because I mean the, I think I, ever so long ago, Jab, you and I were talking about I, I, I there was something. I, it was when I got Mario Maker, and I was like, I don't know if I was looking around for like tips about making Mario Maker levels or something, but there was some quote from someone Nintendo something or other, some game developer or something, and they were like, basically, the as a as a game developer and, and and doing game design you can rely so much on the greed that yeah. is is just entrenched in video game players to <laughs> to get that coin in that dumb place that they're probably mm-hmm. going to die you, know, you can like, lure them anywhere you want them to go yeah 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 so so it's to to be able to to stave off that desire or that that kind of instinct in you is is a is a very admirable video gamer quality. <laughs> that's why that's why having something like this would be great because I could be like, all right, I know I got to go to that northwest corner because that has the freaking flame armor, but otherwise I can skip just, the rest of this not nonsense. Gonna, yeah. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the point. Of course, yes. But I guess maybe the question then is, if you'd have had this map. Would you have went and got that, or would you still have straight shot into the boss out of fear of death? Uh, probably not. I probably would have went to the just to find the flame armor, and then went to the boss, like and just okay. So at least plotted the path. It would have find the path of least resistance. Like I got to get these two points. Other than that, like ignore everything else type of thing. So, but I am saying, so you would have, you would have, it would have been situational, and you would have like I, th- I, yeah. I wasn't sure if you were saying like, you know. When you have that primary objective and there is fear of failure, like, I'll come get that shit later. Or, yes, are you willing to add a little risk to your equation to get things well, that you view as, as as worth having, you know, which is obviously a subjective opinion. I will say, when I was going through this before, yeah, I 
fought so many times. I finished with just two people, you know, two of my party. So yeah, I, maybe in this case, because there was so much freaking death from the lava. The lava <laughs> is very attritional, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't know. Looking around, I mean, I just all I see is the flame armor. I would have looked that up and said, like, all right, do I really need this? If it's particularly great, then yeah, I probably want to get that. Yeah, it's probably still get whatever kind of name armor is out there, whatever name weapon, you know, let me get the, the cool stuff. And then I'm not going to, cause I don't want to come back in here in here again. <laughs> like I want to stay alive, but I, I don't want to come back in here again. Well, so. the other great thing about it, like not only does the guide afford you the opportunity to do that, but like you don't even have to guess you can yeah. check, you know, you can check flame armor and say, okay, fighter, Knight and Ninja can use this. For my I either have that situation. or I don't. Right. Yeah. And then you go, okay, I do have it. And then you compare, oh, I've got the blah, blah, blah armor. Oh, it's actually not even worth it to get that. Let me exactly. just go fuck up carry. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's comprehensive as fuck, man. Like I, Very seriously, I don't know what else you could possibly need right. to yeah. 100% this game. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited to use this going forward now. Like I'm like, all right, I hope it doesn't just drop off after our, after the end of this episode and there's like no mm -hmm. more. Because I want to use this in you know the future. Oh no no, there's I assure you the rest of the book is just like this. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The rest of the but book we're not and the rest to be, of the game will follow. Yeah, you're not supposed to be consulting it before you play the chapter. I didn't. In. That's what okay. I'm saying. Okay, okay. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay, I get it. Yeah, you can you can use it. You could do the thing, hit the plot point, open this, and go. Oh, there's shit in here, and go back like for sure, and yeah, have a, 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 a ton of utility for you know missed things. We are moving back into gameplay action now, but we will, just for good storytelling structure, <laughs> do the table setting blurb at the beginning of each chapter that we are stepping into before we start talking gameplay. So now we are getting into chapter five of the strategy guide, Rewards of Courage. Jay, would you please read the table setting blurb for that? Now that they're aboard the, the airship, the light warriors move quickly to new lands and adventures. Before them lies a great challenge. The first stop is a chain of green islands. Here in the Cardia Islands is the home of the Bahamut's dragons. Bahamut, the king, can bestow a great gift, but first you must prove your courage. The Dragon King In the days when the rot began and the light of the orbs dimmed, the dragon folk lived in the peninsula east of the Cardia Islands. The Castle of Ordeal was then called Bahamut's Keep, but a legion of fearsome monsters swept down upon the castle from the north, and such were their numbers that Bahamut and his people had to flee. Taking refuge in the islands west of their ancestral home, the dragons found safety, but they began to know fear. Seeing this, King Bahamut looked for a way to instill courage in his people, a courage that would be needed if the new forces in the world were to be held at bay. And so he devised the trial of courage. Bahamut was the first to go. Alone he traveled to the castle that once was his home. Alone he entered the gate and, fighting loathsome creatures at every step, made his way to the throne room high on the third floor. There he hid a token in, in a treasure chest, then fought his way back to the islands. 
in the days and years that followed, any dragon or man who sought Bahamut's support was required to seek proof of his courage in the castle. Many followed in the Dragon King's footsteps, but none returned with the token. That is so good. The idea, so it's, it's good. such a good storytelling decision for this dragon race to be forced below ground. Like dragons, yeah. you know, the fact that they are a Like form. why are the dragons there underground? Dragons aren't typically underground. <laughs> right. Like mm -hmm. Well, they sleep well, underground. They, they sleep in caves usually, but to be That's living true. exclusively there. You know? They're in like swampy islands though. Like this is a little atypical for dragons. Absolutely. Yeah. And they explain it all. Like with such like efficiency in storytelling too. I mean, this is what three paragraphs and just a killer picture was painted. Yep. And yeah, it did not I was yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it up when we get there, but like you know, the the rat tail, the choice, the rat, you know, like yep. the, the idea that he did it himself and then stowed this really weird item. It's worthless. Right. It's just but, a, but I just, just mean, a symbol. Yeah, like I was just, you know, like to me, my my when I was playing through this myself, I'm thinking like, what the like, you know, yes, it's in a chest of so that whatever. That's it's not like it's like just lying in the fucking corner off a dead rat or anything, but like I just viewed it like like why like yeah, what? You know. It it, it just it just answers all my questions to think of him doing the trial himself. Yeah. And instead you of set it all up. Yeah, instead of doing whatever thing you know i don't know trying to fucking take the castle back over or whatever yeah he just fought him he just fought back out and left that there as like a way of you know cre uh, uh, created an opportunity to find allies and to like you know i know it's, it's like a very macro idea macro perspective idea as opposed to the micro of just i'm gonna kill everything i see here and you know take right. it back over you know <laughs> like, like it's and like fascinating what, what the tale what the tale also says to me is like, although I'm not doing, although I'm not retaking this and, you know, reclaiming my home right now, like I am still here. This is still on my mind. This is still a part of my life. Yep. 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 Like one day, you know, the, this shit will be squared out. Agreed. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So yeah, we just, you know, the last thing we did in gameplay is we raised the airship and that essentially is the gate thing the gatekeeping thing that keeps you from exploring the northern continent so you can go do that now and you, you know you can, even if and i hadn't really done it but I, I got the vibe jay you had like even if you've done some sailing around up there to kind of take a look at it there are no ports and very few rivers you can reach from the ocean to circumvent the port necessity so it's been relatively impenetrable prior to getting the airship and yeah, I mean, you know, even, like, I, you know, clearly didn't read this, like, as we weren't supposed to. The, I, I don't know, I just, it just very explicitly tells you, like, go to the islands. <laughs> like, you know, like, I just, I had no fucking clue, personally. Uh, so I think that's so funny to me. That it's like, it, I, I guess it, it implies that it's, like, an absolute, almost obvious choice, as opposed to, like, something you kind of got to wander, maybe, to decide upon. You know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I, I don't know if that's the case necessarily. If you don't, if you're not reading this guide, <laughs> well, well, that's what I feel like. What I was saying, like even in the Explorer's Handbook, in the game, and in this guide, I feel like everything was just kind of saying go north, go north. But I, but I remember being like, yeah, I got to go talk to these freaking dwarves first because they mentioned a floater. Let me just make sure 
I don't have to like bring them something. And so I just went straight North America and up to these islands. But yeah, at the same time, even when I kind of later went east, I realized there's so few places to land. Like, yeah, let me, you know. Yep. I actually thought you had to fight the dragon first. I get there and I'm like, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I first went down in there, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, even, yeah, that's, that's a thing to say too, Jab. Like, as far as like recall of whatever of this game, like, yeah, when I first went down there, I was like, do I need to start mapping this? (laughs) Which, you know, (laughs) which is, which, talk to these things, am I going to fight? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, do I need to start mapping this is my way of saying, yeah, is this a hostile environment, basically? Uh, Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was it, it was I I was surprised that it was a, a completely a benign environment that uh, that had no risk to it. Yeah. So. so yeah, so there is a chain of islands in the central region of the northern hemisphere, each having whole style cave entrances and places to land the airship. Which, as we mentioned, it's a rarity up here. So they are rather seductive as initial exploration targets. And these are the Cardi Islands, and it is a cave community of friendly dragon sprites wandering around. No random battles. Yeah, so I did not come here first. I went to the castle. Interesting. Okay. You know, because... You went straight to Castle of Ordeal? Yeah. So I... Yeah. That river thing, because like, like I mentioned, there's no, you know there's nowhere to land, really. And, like, I saw those holes in the ground, and to me, that's, like, marsh cave type shit. So I just... It just was not... <laughs> I did not necessarily want to go there or over the castle, which Fair. seemed more welcoming to me. Just aesthetically, so and and that because there are so few of them up here, the inlet into the river that you take to get to the castle, because there is no airship airship landing spot that's not ridiculous. I don't even know if you can get to it at all, but if you can, it's fucked up. You can, but it's it's a bit of a jaunt. That I mentioned earlier, I think last episode, that like this is one of those things where. Like, we always took the airship when we were young. We would land, like, way east of the castle and then kind of walk through. And there's, like, a, as you can see on the map here on page 48, there's even, like, a, you know, a false path you can take along the seashore. And, like, you can get dead-ended into some mountains. So you got to go. It's a particular path you have to take. And we would always do it and then just, like, take that one little hop over the the river. Through that desert, yeah. Correct. Yeah, you know, I think we mentioned that. And it's so that. stupid because if you just fucking drive the ship up there, you can park at the river, and it's like twenty steps to the castle. Yep. And and I think that that maybe it's because you got your new toy, you want to use it. Right. Well, that and I, dude, I think, man, I you know, I think we talked about it before. I don't know if he was even on the pod. It might have just been fucking around before we even started doing this, man. Like, I don't think I don't remember knowing the fucking canoe that you could get out of the ship. Into the canoe at Mouth uh, River. Mouth. You you literally have to know it though, because that's how you get the airship. The Ryukon yeah. Desert. You have that's to true. park at that. You park your that's ship true. there, and everyone. I think the ship just disappears there after a while. I, I think in this game, I'm going to try and keep my ship. So I think at I've a had to go point, back. It disappears. There. I had to go back there because I wanted to go to. Uh, what somewhere the, you couldn't get in the airship? Yeah, the I wanted to get to the go back to Crescent Lake, which there might be a landing spot there, but I just, I wanted to have the ship for, or maybe, I don't know, I can't remember. But I I, did, I went back and got my airship, or, or my regular ship, rather, to do this, I remember. Yeah, that was the thing, because I wanted to take the ship up here and do this. Yeah, so I had to go back and get the airship. Maybe that was it. It had nothing to do with Crescent Lake. So, yeah, that was more appealing to me, because I immediately detected that that was, yes, like you said, a 20-step jaunt to the castle, mm-hmm. and that was more appealing to me than those fucking holes in the ground or anything else I could find. So, But it does suck because you just got this brand new toy and you got to put it away and get the old one out again. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So yeah, Jab, you definitely did, I'm assuming. But Jay, I'm, I'm guessing you went to... Yeah, you went to the islands first. You already said that, actually. So edit that out. The easternmost uh, forest card option has... Uh, of these islands, I'm saying, has a large treasure room with those cool skull decorations from Matoya's Cave and three chests. And it's 2750, 2000, and 1455 gold. And... This will be a theme. These dragons have hoarded a lot of gold. And they, and they apparently have decided they have no use for it, given they don't mind your, <laughs> you're down here just pilfering it. And, you know, the, they don't say shit about it. So, you know, dragons, gold, that makes a lot of sense. But it's funny to me that you can, you're just going down there and just taking it all from them. <laughs> the dragons and having gold, that's very normal. Them just letting you have it, that's pretty atypical. <laughs> That's unique, yeah. The uh, the one even gave off the vibe of being guarded by an auto battle. One of these chests, uh, from the way the skulls around it are forced you force mm-hmm. you to to one tile to open it, but it's it's just a red herring. There's nothing there. And the so yeah, so I was even yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, I had art. You got to do a little bit of wander. Yeah, this is the first cave I went into, and you know, you you got to take some steps before you can get in there and get all those chests and like. So even after having walked for a bit, I was still like kind of expecting a battle to happen mm-hmm. when I saw that. Yeah, because like maybe you're just getting away with it. Right. Exactly. So it's funny to me that um, I don't know. Again, just like the complete lack of recall of. Yeah, like I can understand why you missed, like why this like slipped away in your mind. Like you're not playing this game all the time, like me, like a crazy person. Maybe it's a, like a little bit of a forgettable point in the game. I don't know. It's it's the class change is so. Such a, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, the chapter itself is very short. You know, it's yeah. what forty-seven to fifty-two, yeah. and even fifty-two is mostly just explaining what happened. I yeah. don't know. I think I feel like it was so well done, though. Like the way I landed, you know, I like the island that I landed on, and the hole that I went in. You know, I'm talking to one dragon. The whole realization that yes, this is not a hostile environment. You're just walking around talking to dragons, grabbing some gold, but then you can't go any further, and it. But I can see that there's another place around me. It's like, all right, maybe is there another island like to the northwest of me? Then you go out of that hole, and sure enough, there's an island to the. You know what I mean? It just kind of navigating it like that. I think that was really what well, like a really cool way that they set this up. You know what I mean? It made it natural, and the fact that I didn't really need a guide or anything at this point, I kind of just you know talked to each dragon as I went along until I found out. Oh, I got to go to the castle or- castle of ordeals. Mm-hmm. After this type of thing, you know, it's very, very well done. I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good to hear because, like I said, I did not go here first, so yeah, I'm always <laughs> I'm always curious to know whether the actual breadcrumbs are there, you know. Uh, so that's good to hear. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's the first time since, if my calculus is right, I think it's the first time since Astos you're not doing like one of the orb bosses, right. like an right. objective for that. Like after oh, Astos, oh. you're on Earth, and after that, you're on fire. Right. So yeah, this this is yeah a little a bit break off the from beat, that beaten path yeah yeah. Although for sure you know even the like you know I I bumped into what I'm sure is going to be some water elemental narrative stuff when I was bopping around trying to mm-hmm. figure out what the fuck to do and uh, <laughs> we couldn't have been like I I was like I don't know shit about what they're talking about. <laughs> you any of the water stuff either? Nope. nope oh nope, man, nope. it's really good. <laughs> It's really good. So the second room of these has, down here in the caves, has a clay pot instead of skulls and four more chests, 160, 9,500, 2750, 1520. And dragon chatter, instead of townsfolk chatter, mm-hmm. a dragon in this second room says, you are not afraid of me? Then I 
or rather then, comma, I am impressed. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first dragon I met. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're cool then. Yeah, I, yeah, I, moved, yeah, I moved east to west too on uh, these two. So, yeah, it's funny that he's the – that is, yeah. So, you know, that kind of – the fact that both of us, that was the first one we met. You know, like, yeah, that's what I was saying that you were saying. You know, it just felt it was a natural thing. I mentioned how it was like these – are kind of seduce you to some degree to mm-hmm. be attracted to them because of the airship 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 landing spots being so close to the POI. Like you know, did they are these design choices or did they just work out? Is a very fun analysis to me. You know, of like, uh, were these people so good at their job that they could plant these seeds and have that psychological effect on you, or is it just random dumb luck that that it worked out that way? And well, like. And I think there are some. I think there are some commendable design choices here that steer you, you know, subtly, and that's fucking great, yeah. of course, you know. I feel like they did it. I feel like it. They did that on purpose, because like the dwarf cave did not really. They they didn't need a dwarf to talk about the floater there. Like it didn't need to be there to make me consciously feel like I needed to go back there. You know what I mean? Like I just I feel like it had to be all by by design. That yeah. that's a very that's a very deep uh a deep cut, I guess, to suggest <laughs> that like like it be like the fact that that's directly south of this and they're telling you like the fact if if that is deliberate and it worked like that, that is fucking really impressive, you know. So that would, <laughs> that would be really cool that to 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 leave that uh, layered of a breadcrumb trail, you know, but it's cool. If, cool if it works, but yeah, I mean, I guess my the thing I'm saying too though is that this being the first dragon that we both encountered kind of suggests to me that this is the first hole you're going into mm-hmm. for some reason or another. They knew that they put this dragon there to almost announce to you what the environment is going to be, you know, and like all, all that seems to me to be very deliberate. So very cool if, if that's the case. The tiny island just north of that one has a cave with more dragon chatter and dragon chatter only coming from its only inhabitant. And he says, have you met Bahamut, the dragon king? He honors those with courage as true warriors. And the marshy island west of that has another large room with a well outside. Three chests and three dragons here. Dragon chatter. The proof of your courage might be anything. Next one says, once in the north, there were beautiful palaces and big mechanical castles. That's kind of a, that's that's a... A big carrot, I think. Yeah, and you remember when I said the front page, the front cover? Like yeah. that floating castle, right? Yep. And we, the last one is, we are going to the Castle of Ordeal to the northeast. There we will test and bring back proof of our courage. And yeah, this made me think these dudes are really into this courage stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's interesting. After having read that opening blurb, too, it's a very interesting idea that, you know, it, it, it kind of, it gives you, it gives off the vibe that his people... You know, like a young dragon growing up spends their entire childhood having it, having this, these stories told to them and having little, little small uh, seedlings planted in them of, you know, like, I want to become president when I grow up, basically. That's essentially mm-hmm. what this is. You know, this is like, this is the utmost honor that these people could achieve is to be the one that is brave and courageous enough to bring home this thing that their leader placed in this fucked up place so long ago. And these people talking about it suggest to me they're never actually going to do it. That it's just like, it's this pipe dream that they have. You know what I mean? That's how, that's right. how I read that. And yeah. that to me is a very cool storytelling thing, I think. Yeah, it's an aspirational thing, you know. But I mean, like, even even in the blurb, it says, it's you know, the second paragraph starts seeing this, 
well, they, they, you know, these people are a diaspora now, you know, they're, they're driven out of their homeland. So, you know, the king is like, okay, well, we got to have like a bit of like a paradigm shift here. We got to have like a cultural shift and we're going to have to, you know, become a little bit tougher, a little bit braver, more courageous. And, you know, that's what he's doing is like, even if these dragons don't go out and, you know, necessarily retrieve the token of courage, whatever that might be. Just the like, striving for it. They're yeah. stealing themselves, you know, against another potential invasion and driving out of the Cardia Islands. Yep. yep. So, like, yep. wow, yep. all that context is gone when you just play the game. <laughs> wow, is it really good. Yeah. Chests in here have a house, the one, I think, it might be the only uh, deviation from the gold thing. And 500 gold and 10 gold. And then another forest island with two holes is north of that. The top hole is a dragon haunt and the dragon chatter in there. If you are brave enough, try me and the king of the dragons, Bahamut. Next is unprofitable business is not a practice of the dragons of Cardia. And, <laughs> and I read that and I'm like, are you saying you want to do economic analyses, bro? Speaking of which, you didn't tell us how much this, uh, this guide would cost in yeah. the modern day. Uh, I, my guess is three ninety five. No, I checked it actually. I think it's or like four ninety five, seven fifty or so. I was about to say, yeah, more like eight bucks or nine bucks. Yeah. Oh, in, in modern day dollars, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, yeah. no it's three fifty right. on the front of the page. Yeah. But right now it's like seven fifty. Oh, yeah. How, how did I just fuck up that? The cover I price. The cover price on that has been the same <laughs> since square one. Three fifty, four fifty U Canadian. That's crazy that I mm -hmm. didn't have that fucking. Uh, maybe maybe that's I'll go back to when, uh, the start of my next when I go back into play for the next uh, episode I'll go back there and I'll, I'll run some numbers with them on the cover price of the guide please do better yes <laughs> long ago dragons and humans lived and traded together and so yeah so much economics with these cats but I think traded is a very cool word to use here trading is a very high level form of communication you know mm -hmm. what I mean so that says a lot about the relationship with humans yeah. like that kind of communication requires a lot of interfacing, a lot of trust, a lot of a lot of things. You know what I mean? This is so, an interaction between, you know, equals of sorts. Yes, absolutely. Even if I wouldn't be surprised if the dragons had a bit of a, you know, racial superiority complex. They tend sure. to in fantastical worlds. But yes, they are interacting with and dealing with humans on a level and as equals. Yep. Yeah, that's that's fucking awesome storytelling. Mm-hmm. The bottom hole on this island takes you to an obscenely long hallway leading to a stairwell down to another floor with an equally asinine-sized room with three dragons and a zillion candelabras in it. And that, you know, how much can you do to make these environments stand out, to differentiate them, to give them significance, yada, 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 yada. To build suspense. And, right. right, and like they nailed it here. Like I was going down that fucking hallway the first one, I'm like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucking taking a long time. And then, yeah, you get into the room and essentially have to walk the same distance in a room that, and it, it, you know, it, like, when you come up the, the, the stairs or down, whatever the hell it is, the where you're at, because it's a, it's a vertically scrolling room, where you're at is the widest point of the room. And, and you know, the whole thing tapers as you approach Bahamut. Uh, at at the end, and that is is pretty fucking you know again just doing all they can to give significance in the design of this rudimentary overworld map system. Yeah, it starts to kind of like funnel you towards Bahamut or towards something you don't know since it's growing up. Yep. 
So dragon chatter in here, there's a couple dragons that you encounter right before you get to Bahamut. And the first one says, this is Bahamut's room. And it's like, yeah, kind of figured, dude. <laughs> be surprised if it wasn't, but okay. <laughs> right, right. And then the other says, Bahamut verifies the true courage of all. And that sounds like an exhausting responsibility. Bahamut stands at the end of the Candelabra art project, and his sprite is different than the other dragons's, and I'd say he's a bit on the chunky side, <laughs> which is you know cool that there's he's more filled there. out, right, right. Which you know he's the king. He's gonna be fucking. He should be a little chunky. The king eats right. And his dragon chatter. I am Bahamut, king of the dragons. Bring me proof of your courage to receive the honor due true warriors. Now, as I mentioned, I did not come here prior to doing this the Castle Ordeal trial, and they are that they're chatting up everywhere here. And that means this is not what Bahamut said to me when I first spoke to him. So oh, never, not even I, when you first spoke to him. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I never I never received or was, was issued the challenge, rather, formally. So, yeah, I had to actually Google around a bit to score this copy, and that led me to learning something. There is a lot of talk about the team at Square ripping a lot of the bestiary straight from D&D, and this mm-hmm. is a very prominent example of that. So, you know, I'm not... Uh, uh, absconding them? Is that, is, abscond, is that the word? Abs, 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 uh, no, it's not quite what you're looking for. You're right, not gonna, aping them. Uh, whatever the case. D&D first rolled out a, a Bahamut character in 1975 as part of their Greyhawk campaign materials. And in their lore, he is a powerful draconic deity. Known as the Platinum Dragon, he is regarded as the King of Good Dragons. So that all makes sense, and man, it's an appropriate pull, but a pull nonetheless. And then that kind of got me digging on the name Bahamut further, and it goes back much further than D&D lore. And it is in... Oh, for sure, yeah. uh, This is like the (laughs) Leviathan thing. Jab, you and I I talked about... I don't think you were part of this conversation, but you and I talked about Subnautica, Leviathans, and shit. Like, I never heard that word in my life. And like, yeah, I, when I first mentioned Subnautica to Jay, he's like, "Yeah, Leviathans, man. Like, yeah, like a biblical thing. Like, yeah, like I never heard right. that word in my fucking life." <laughs> and I thought I've it was heard such it a, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah I did. I had never heard it. Anyway, just as like a regular word, and like you know, like military history, you know, like uh, especially World War One, that you know, the Golden Age of battleships, they'd call them dreadnoughts or Leviathans or you know, other huh. big, grandiose names like that. So, yeah, plenty of exposure to it. I'd never heard that fucking word. It's Anyways, a great word. This, it is a great word, I agree. It, it <laughs> is exactly as imposing sounding of a word as it should be for the usage in Subnautica. I'm, I'm assuming it also works for the other reason, other ways it gets used. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Bahamut is an Arabic mythology figure that is a monster lying deep below and underpinning the support structure on which the Earth sits. And in this conception of the world, the Earth is shouldered by an angel who stands on a slab of gemstone who is supported by a cosmic ox, Leviathan. And all this is balanced on a massive fish suspended in water. This fish is known to be Bahamut. And I remember having full classes of discussion in college, Jay, about uh, my freshman philosophy class at Ohio State. Where we, yeah we we would like there was a there's a similar Hindu mytho- mythological idea the oh, yeah. the world being held up by four elephants on the back of a turtle and yeah we spent fucking entire classes like debating the validity of that idea <laughs> which was one of one of my cooler college experiences yeah there's all I mean there's obviously the analogy to Atlas yes and uh, I mean what you're talking about there in your philosophy class is probably the idea of like cultural diffusion you know when like all humans started to like spread out of Africa. 
you know, the, the similarities and stories, you know, like every culture from Africa to, you know, the Pacific Islands has, you know, their, flood mythologies. Their version of it. Yeah. And the idea is that, like, not, a, you know, not, maybe floods happen at all these places, but, like, the idea is that, like, when we were all, like, a smaller group of people, maybe somewhere still in Africa, you know, as you're leaving, there's some sort of flood, which there's evidence for. And I, Noah's Ark flood. It, it's exactly it. Like, the, you know, the idea is that, like, that story is from Mesopotamia and the Tigris and Euphrates, which would flood seasonally every year. And, but, like, there was also some, like, you know, global warming stuff that was going on that caused sea levels to rise, like, a meter a day or something for, like, a small period of time, which would have seemed like some crazy shit. And then you just kind of go and you take that story with you, and then you adapt the story to the places that you end yeah. up. Yep. Like, in the you know, in the Philippine islands and whatnot, there's, you know, somewhere over there, there's like no snakes or something. And obviously snakes are like a huge part of early human mythology. The Bible obviously being a famous one, but the, whatever they ended up, there was no snakes. So they just like, yep, do the best we can. And they just snuck an eel in there instead. Changed <laughs> the story a little bit. So like, yeah, not surprising that, um, uh, you know, I, I know for a fact, actually, you know, playing final fantasy seven and having like the, um, uh, the summon spells and whatnot, like all of that is pulled directly from various cultures, mythologies, and just like throw it right into Final Fantasy. You're all equal here. Just get in. <laughs> Titan, go. You're the Earth summon, you know, like uh, Bahamut is a different one. And yeah, there's a ton of them. Yep. So yeah, they definitely stole from Dungeons and Dragons and just human mythology. Yep, yep. Was Sorry, cool. that was a rant. No, no, Didn't that was great. Was yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it sent me down that, that fucking hole. It was cool. And that's, you know, that's probably the. I don't know if there's a bigger compliment you can pay to something. Like, like I was telling Jab this via text message, they're like, fucking Outer Wilds. Like, I spent an entire day the other day trying to learn about quantum physics because I needed a better understanding of the universe this video game was happening in that I'm playing right now. <laughs> and there's no, I, don't, I, I can't imagine there's a better compliment for a video game developer where, like, the person, like, feels a need to go out and just, like, soak up as much as they can about the topic that the game deals directly in because you need you can't you you want to figure it out so badly and have a better understanding of it that you're willing to devote all that time and effort to it you know so yeah yeah there's there's That's there's impressive. no better compliment to like it. i just need more outer wilds in my life so like yeah i'll go watch an hour or two of quantum physics videos <laughs> yeah let's do it did you watch the double slit stuff uh nothing on the double slit specifically no that's so fun. Uh, I may need it though to get to the end. I, I'm st stuck again. There, <laughs> there. So there's one more island and cave to the west of Bahamas, but it's pretty meaningless. So no point in uh, wasting any time on that. Let us move on to the Castle of Ordeal. And it's Jab. What's your perspective on this? I I, I feel I've I've seen it written as ordeals plural and ordeal, and I feel in the game I see it as ordeal the most. So I think of it as Castle of Ordeal. But it's always been ordeal to me. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, like, and it should and, be and it should be the one ordeal. It should there's be only the, one a goal here. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it should be the chief ordeal, not uh, numerous ordeals. Even though there are certainly numerous ordeals there. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's one primary ordeal. Right. So when I was bopping around up here trying to figure out what to do next, I I did a, a big flyby on a big castle in a small marsh that was also in the central part of the northern hemisphere. And yeah, there's no. Also, we, isn't that cool? Just like to be able to like scout out the area now. You know, yep. completely safe. Yep. No dealing with the wet with the with. I mean, yeah, that was that was part of the whole. Probably the thing, you know, and that, and that was that was what led me to this. Is again, like I mentioned, like like I know that it's no big deal to go get the ship and come over here. I'm going to waste everything that I encounter on that trip 
And then I had to take 20 steps in this fucked up place to get into the castle, you know, if that. So, yeah, that was like a highly appealing part of it that like just the whole, the, the, the nature by which I explored to find it and then also the appeal of getting to what the target ended up being well, was all a derivative of that. That just like, yes, like the, the need for safety and the how comforting it is to, 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 to behave in a safe manner uh, and, and not, especially as the bros, uh, not getting wasted. So that's but, a good point. Yeah. Like yeah. you actually have a consideration to make there. Yep. No question. So when you first walk into the castle, there's a Walmart greeter sage by the door. He says, possession of the crown is required to test your courage. Take it to the Royal throne and bring back proof of your courage. And he says, good luck, in all capitals with an exclamation mark. <laughs> and that makes it very unsettling. It's like, like, it's like a Mad Mike text, Jab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like random capitalization. <laughs> like really abusing the concept of bold and the purpose it plays in communication. Yeah, yeah. And then to top it off, he disappears after saying it, which is also super sketch. So He's probably fucking thrilled. He's like, I've been here. There's like fucking wizards and man cats running around. Right. Like, yeah, I gotta you know what? get the fuck out of here. I didn't even I didn't put anything in my notes here, but like as saying it out loud right now, like yeah, no further explanation is ever given to this motherfucker's presence. Like, who is this dude? Why is he the one here? The whole like, well, possession of the crown is required to test your courage. So he talks about the courage test. So he's aware of the courage test. Right. No mention of the crown was ever made. It's like I, I was I almost like mini justified it there as I was talking by saying like, oh no, he's asking for the crown. Like he is of a different. But he's not. Old- not at that moment. Well, he kind of is. I, like, I imagine you can't come here because you can get the ship and come here earlier. You know, like that's the gatekeeping thing, I guess. No, but you, you, the only time you can get the ship and actually arrive here, you would have the crown because you also have to have the canoe. Oh, you and need the canoe, ha- yeah. Okay, and to yeah. have the can- at the very least, you would have to have the canoe, right? And that's the that's the break that you basically. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's kind of interesting that the crown is used. I, I mean, I noticed that too. It's kind of interesting the crown is used almost as like a gatekeeper. Yeah, it's like you can't do this until you get the crown. But to get the crown, to or even to, get here, right, you, you would you would necessitate having the crown. Right. Yeah. That was well. That was confusing. That's why, like, when I made it through here finally, and I got the tail, I was just kind of like. What do I do with this? Aren't I looking for a crown? Like, I was confused as to... Because I thought this was telling me, like, I had to find that as oh. the proof. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a. Nah, so I was like, yeah. I was walking around like WTF. Yeah, because that, 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 yeah, Bahamut never explicitly states it. None, none of those dragons explain no. what the fuck you're looking for. So, yeah, that's a really good point, Jay. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> it wasn't for, I it wasn't for the fact that it did the little... Dun, 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 the music sound and animation... After a while, I was like, well, it did that, so maybe I just take this tail back? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of just like I threw my hands up after a while. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a whole lot of questions there without answers. Yeah, that's good, man. It's... I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, that, no, because I would have seen something on the internet by about it by now, but like, you know, like, is, I'm trying to imagine, like, if you could use, like, cheat codes or something somehow to, like, get here before you had the crown, like, would the... Because it's it's a very it's a teleporty place, so that would actually be the other restriction. But I don't know well, why it's there. Well, he yeah he says because you tell you touch the the thing. Spoiler alert! You touch the 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 throne at the end after you have the tail to teleport out of the castle. So right, if you didn't right. have the crown, maybe that teleportion wouldn't activate. Well, again, that well, I mean that's it. you you need you have to teleport. That's what he says. Take it to the royal throne. The crown. Right. I'm saying so. He's the, you have to teleport into the castle. You know, or to that next floor to to the 
fucking, you know, we'll get to it in a second here, with the teleport with the portals, that level, to get to it, you have to use the teleport throne in the top left corner of this right. first floor. So, yeah, I mean, he's telling you that it is the thing you need to use. Oh, it probably that. works for that for that throne, too, actually. Exactly. Right, exactly. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but again, I mean, you'd never be there without it, so. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, I mean. Maybe that's the best justification for it. They were literally looking for something that had more connective tissue. Or rather, they they need something, an object that you needed to have in your inventory. Like they probably spent time with no answer for this. And they they, Or like trying to come up like we'll have them do like another little mini mission and they're like, ah fuck that. Just make it be something they already have. Exactly. 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 And and there's connective tissue between the (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I kind of feel like that throne, like, th- who puts a throne in the corner tower like that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, that is a weird place for a throne. So, it probably wasn't a throne. And, it, yeah, that's, that is, that. I think we just solved the puzzle. I think that makes so much yeah. sense to me uh, as far as what, what the answer to all this would be. Is that, you know, that it's was- a little bit like the, uh, like the rod and the plate for the um, Earth Cave in the, behind the vampire. How so exactly? Like, I'm saying they, they may have had it, like, as a situation, you know, like you're saying, it's a weird place to put a throne. Like, maybe they had some other idea there that was more akin to the rod that moves the plate behind oh, the vampire. Yeah. But then they were just like, yeah, it's getting a little busy. We're running out of, you know, what's our run, memory limit Yeah, run out of bits. <laughs> right. So yeah. <laughs> maybe just yeah. make it a crown and a throne and call it a day. Yeah. No, I think that, that is probably the best. That is probably the best explanation. I'm, uh, that was that was fun to work through that with you guys. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be in like the uh, you know the the annals of uh, Final Fantasy One well, yeah. story to make it into the, yeah, exactly. Of. Yeah, we'll we'll, be, we'll we'll be a footnote in the Final Fantasy wiki. We'll be citations. Yeah. To be like, and, <laughs> That's uh, what I mean. Yeah, a citation. Yeah, the footnote, Burns, yeah. Fullen, and Braxton believe that. Uh, the, so the only place to go, yes, is the door in the Northwest Tower, and it reveals an empty throne, an otherwise empty room. You step onto the throne, and it transports you to the second floor, where you need to touch pillar tiles to transport to other pillars. And there is no identifying info on any of these bad boys, so you're kind of just wandering. They, I mean, if you have the map here, obviously it's labeled, but if you don't have that, you're just figuring shit out. And I'm mapping this anyways. This was, I think this was the first thing I mapped, so I would have covered every inch anyways and whatever. But if you're not, if you don't have that as a goal and you're not mapping, this is probably a really frustrating part of the game. Yeah. (laughs) I was very annoyed going back and forth and through it. Like, ah, come on. Cause I was just kind of, I started taking the approach of, I'm just going to run. If I come across anything that is just an annoying, like cost benefit analysis of fighting this enemy, I'm just going to run type of thing. But I would just, ah, oh, went around so many times. I was getting so frustrated. Yeah. I was like, do I just pull up a map? Do I pull up a map? Like, I'm so annoyed. Yeah, if you don't have a, yeah, if you're not mapping, if you don't have some way of, of being able to look at the macro perspective and go, okay, this space I'm in looks like this, that's here on the map. Because, you know, there, there is no question a, if you do have an understanding of the overall space, there is a... There is a method to the madness of it. You are kind of somewhat moving in a direction. After you, a while. Right. Yeah. yeah. After a while, I was like, all right, if I go here, I'm going to that space. And if I go through that space, I'm landing here. Okay, right. right. You know? yeah, but, so I was able to mentally map it after a lot right. of trials. But yeah, if you, don't have, if you don't have any way to understand where you are in the overall floor, 
which you of course don't if you don't have a map because they're that's obviously zoomed in quite a bit like yeah this fuck holy shit man like it's be pretty confusing so yeah they're there so there's these pillars and they're in tiny rooms and you can't get in or out of the room without the teleporting so you really have to learn the layout of these things and there are 14 pillars and 10 unique landing spots they can take you to so some pillars send you to the same place as other pillars there are more pillars than there are teleportation landing spots and the one saving grace is they don't change it on you at least they always go to the same place so there there is a a uniformity to that thankfully but yeah this is i mean just it's just it's why it happened it's it's just i think i might have thought of it beforehand as maybe i wanting to start doing this something like i don't know if i'd noticed the other maps there was some reason i had thought of mapping I might, we might have talked about it in the last episode. I don't know. But it, it was in my mind to start mapping already. But I got it here and I was like, oh my God, what a, it's just, oh, bust, let's get the bus, the fucking graph paper out and start mapping because it's <laughs> right, fucking integral to this situation. So yeah, so my sexy ass Castle Board deal map is on our ISOH graph paper map library. Link to that and the map specifically will be in the show notes uh, as it always is. But yeah, I was worried these maps, the, the Final Fantasy ones would be trickier to convert to graph paper. And there are like a, there's a, like a couple things you got to deal with. Like I, I think I mentioned to you guys in the chat that like the way the walls on some of the uh, like the in the Earth Cave, so those the levels three and four where the walls are skinny and they're not more of like your traditional dungeon edge. Yeah. You know, it does not make, one tile. Right. Well, they are one. That's a, that's the funny thing. You get in there. They and occupy really, one tile, but they it, don't. They don't look yeah. like it. Right. So yeah, right. They, even you know. I think I even fucked up the next floor of, of Castle Ordeals for this reason because there are like it, it has a hard time for some reason or not it has a hard time but like the corners in some cases don't actually meet and when they're like that there's an empty tile at the corner where there wouldn't normally be an empty tile you know right, so but you a little, still can't go there no you can go there that's the weird thing about it it like it it looks like it should be an occupied corner tile that you can't get onto but it is an open tile and like and I, it, it doesn't really matter probably to most people it does to me <laughs> so there how were how did you find this oh my god yeah because I'm, I'm walking because i'm dude i mean you gotta like to do these maps especially again because there's a little bit of deception in the, in the aesthetic of it you can't just estimate uh, as easily anymore um or as, as you can in dragon warrior and ultima the you gotta walk these things and like fucking you know i yeah i it, it took longer. It was a little more effort, and like I fucked up that the second floor of this or the third floor of, of Castle because the the hallway links by because of those corners got wonky. So like I fucked up the top hallway, and then you know you wrap around, come down, and then walk to the right to get to the tail area. And like I realized I had fucked up the length of the whole map basically by the time I got to uh. the end, and I was like, it almost sent my fucking reality crashing down. <laughs> <laughs> That was a problem uh, that I had, but other than that, uh, it was it was very helpful to be mapping, and I, I was very thankful that I was doing so. And the enemies that you're kind of bumping into in the in this floor here, we have man cats, we have big mummies and wizard mummy groups, and then red red gargoyles patrolling. And based on what we would later see in the guide, I saw more than that. And I was just curious if you guys had. I, I felt it was like it was weird. Like the reason I asked this because it was almost weird to me how it was those four things every time. Like, yeah, the enemies are bizarre here. Yeah. Wait, which four things? Man-cats. And we have, the, 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 there was the big groups of the mummies and wizard mummies, just various different fucking 
um, numbers. Assortments of mummies. Right. (laughs) And then the red gargoyles were all I encountered. And like I said, I was mapping this. So, Jay, think about how long it took you. It probably took me twice as long as I was covering everything. And like even going, even after I had figured out the path, I had to go back and check some other stuff to see where portal, where uh, pillars went and stuff. So, you know, there, there was a, I spent a lot of time here. (laughs) So it was weird to me that I only saw those four enemies and then later found out there were other enemies supposedly here, you know? So, yeah, it's funny too, because I, I specifically remember a different enemy that I kept seeing and I'm like, what? And I can't remember the name of it now because well, I didn't write it down, but I'm I'm like going through the bestiary now and I still don't see it, but I feel like there was something else that I would regularly see off also. Yeah. They, they mentioned the Medusa, that was Medusa's was it for me. I didn't, I didn't encounter any Medusa's here. Was it some sort of like, you, you can see on page 51, there's tiger. I know that's listed as an outer world enemy. Was it like one of those, like. Like not tiger, but like the blue one, maybe. There maybe is something else. Maybe it was something else. like that. Yeah, because it was something else. I certainly can't remember. It was a million years ago for me. Yeah, I mean they mention. Yeah. Like sorcerers, I don't think I kind of. There are some different enemies on the second level, you know. So some of these things list because the 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 bestiary in the guide is the whole, fucking castle so there are things i encountered on the second floor beyond those things but on the yeah, first maybe floor, maybe it was just man cats and stuff that i was thinking about like yeah because i would i would i would see the wizard mummies and i would kind of run from them because i'd be like annoyed but then man cats i would kind of strike down you know? <laughs> yeah man cats <laughs> were the easier of them for sure I agree. for sure yeah in any event, the northeast tower, northeast tower here on the second floor is a room unlike the others, and inside there's a soul treasure chest between two dragon statues. That, for me, was guarded by three mud goals. I don't know if that battle changes or not, but this is where you find the Zeus gauntlets, and that's important. The bros can't wear it till ninja options time, but they can use it as an item to battle uh, in battle rather to cast lit two with no limitation. And, and that's oh, huge because oh my god, oh my yeah. God. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, but man, is that big for you? Yeah. Holy fuck was this a quality of life upgrade to the Bros' Adventuring. Uh, <laughs> I slapped it on one of those pedestrian falcon wielding fuckers and bestowed unto them a totally new outlook on life. I don't remember which of the two that was. I think it was, I think Connor and Todd were the ones that had the the coral sword and the, might have been the giant sword or something like that. Uh, the other two had falcons. And yeah, the this allowed me to... And it's funny, you mentioned the, the mummy fights specifically... Jay, because yeah, those are you know anytime being an all melee group, the bros. Anytime you get into a fight with more than four things, like Ugh. there's no way I'm beating this in one turn now. There's no chance, <laughs> you know. So and then, so much work, right? Exactly. It's just yeah, it's not even so a matter of work. Yeah, exactly. It's not even a matter of fear of failure or attrition. Even it's just like it's gonna be more work than it's worth and this you know it was always i was always just doing this juggling of, of math of like okay now like how much have like okay so those last turn that much went on to that one now do i only need to attribute one or two to this to, like all that shit you know kind of went away and because the lit spell being a group attack allowed me to just dedicate one to doing that at all times and the other ones are just kind of doing the cleanup work you know and yeah. like we're working on the whole and even even if it's only a uh it's not you know it may not even be changing them it probably isn't changing the math because the lit two spell is doing less than wow. a lot yeah a lot attack. of my attacks my a lot of my melee attacks even at this point but the fact that it is wearing down all of them 
yeah. was still more appealing to me, you know. And and yeah, it was just a yeah, mm. big change in the math, and and really just yeah, just, just a change because yeah, every battle. Other than those decisions I just talked about of like where to apply these four melee attacks uh, and how to most uh, quickly navigate this battle, there was very little mental effort being exerted. Uh, now, and that was the whole design. Like the reason I probably was so focused on that was because it was the only thing I could do of interest in those battles. You know, so just having something different to mix it up. Holy fuck, was that nice and and uh, very welcoming thing to have. I love how you're having all these realizations about magic in this game, and everybody else that's played it is like, yeah, that's like level one shit. Lit too. Yeah, we got that in Provoca. Doing it since the fucking beginning. I don't know, man. Elfland actually. Elfland technically. Yeah. Yeah, so that was nice. And your goal in here is the southeast tower, is where you're trying to get to with those these pedest, uh, pedestal or pillar portaling deals. And the this has a stairwell down to the third floor, which is a straight shot counterclockwise corner tower to corner tower to the end room that is right up against the one you start in. So you're moving, yeah, counterclockwise around. Uh, it's like it would be... Like there's no central part, I guess, is maybe the way to describe it. The yeah. Yeah, you're moving around the periphery of what are probably just towers and their adjoining hallways, um, high up in the castle. And they even do the the blue thing all around you in mm-hmm. these. Or no, wait, this one's might be might be black. The second floor think, is the second floor is blue. I think it's blue. Is, is the third one okay? I think. Let's take a look. Yeah, here. it is. Yeah, yep. yeah, it yep. looks like it's blue. Yep. So yeah, that's again lending that idea that you're high up in the air. In the and, sky. Yes, and there are chests in every tower. There, the heal staff is in the northeast tower, and that's a hot come up that casts heal when used in battle. So also amazing for the bros. And I read this heals enemies when you attack with it, which is wild, Jab. Hmm. I never knew that. Uh, Wait, I wouldn't what? use it because of that six damage, <laughs> right. zero hit percent. Right, right. Yeah, but that's if that is the case, that is an interesting fact. Yeah, I would never. I mean, I, maybe I should do it just to play with it, uh, but the. That was very surprising to me. That seems like I've never a, heard that. Actually, yeah, you should yeah. run that data. Yeah, it seems like so outside the I don't know just spectrum of possibility in this game that you can hit something and heal it uh, is a crazy idea. But I mean, having said that, in plenty of RPG uh, systems, there are considerations afforded uh, for healing things. Doing well, that's a little different. Actually, I was gonna, I was going to cite Final Fantasy Tactics. If you if you use a heal potion on an undead enemy. It does that value of healing as damage, mm. which is a little different. Mm. But like the idea of attacking enemies, uh, if what you say is true, has apparently been in Final Fantasy for a while. Mm. Well, attacking enemies with and doing different. Of course, that's the entire fucking point of the games. But, uh, <laughs> it, uh, attacking enemies with different results of the attack, you know. That would be interesting. Yeah, run that data, actually. Absolutely. I'll try to remember to do so. And there is another ice sword and a gold bracelet in the Northwest Tower. And this is pretty significant to me because it... I mean, I am rolling right now as we speak after the class change with two ice swords in my party. And mm-hmm. I never... I mean, you know, we because of what the kind of customary party makeups are... This I never even noticed that there was a second one. And we've talked about how there's a second katana too. So it's mm-hmm. it's just so interesting to me that, that these things exist in multiples, and because they were not something that we needed to engage directly, we I don't I never even noticed you know um, that there were two of them available in the game. You know, it seems like to me the ice sword is the ice sword, not a ice sword. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so that was interesting to me. Actually, ice sword looks like I mean, just preliminary 
checking the stats there. That's a hot weapon for the bros. It is. It's great. Yeah, I'm like I said, that's it's, what. It's, uh, it's out of all these things that I'd kind of been holding on to and building up prior to the class change that I w- was, you know, going to use once I was ninjas. Th- this, yeah, like I said, two of my guys have them now, so it, it is the best thing available. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's 29, 29 damage, twenty five hit percentage versus the silver swords twenty three and fifteen. So this is a significant upgrade. Huge come up. Yeah, for sure. Very good. And the gold bracelet also, because I was prior to class change, uh, and bracelets really all they could rock, was a cool come up too. I think I had just bought... No, I still had all silvers, because I basically once... I realized that I could have went and bought them. I think they're I think they're available at 50 grand a pop or something in one of the... Mm-hmm. One of these towns that you can get to up here. Uh, so anyways, that's really everything else. Uh, Chest-wise is all dumb shit up here, and that is, of course, except for the very last chest in the last room where you get the tail. And when you go to your menu and take a look at that item, the copy is, oh, it stinks. Throw it over ellipses. No, don't do that. And that's weird ass <laughs> item no, screen use copy. You know, I think it's, of course, lending the idea that this should be a worthless item, but I don't know. It's just weird. And, yeah, it's even weirder that this is, acquiring this is your test of courage, you know. Uh, that is probably... To the first-time player of this game, I don't know, like you said. I think Jay already described kind of your emotional response to it. It's like I don't know, huh? Like it's not, it doesn't even make what? it. It doesn't even mention it being a special tail, rat tail. Yeah, in yeah. any way, you know, it's just a it's rat just tail, like a tail. Yep. Yeah. And That's because that, it's not the destination; it's the journey. Sure, sure, sure. But it's yeah. But that caused me to spend so much more time in here <laughs> after this instead of just leaving because I was like. That can't That's possibly clearly not what that I was here for. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it suggests that you could probably just gotten this from just about anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like had you known, you just like step outside and just grab any old rat and be like, "Sorry, dog." Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you have to fight a couple zombie dragons to use the exit throne that teleports you back to the first floor and out of this biatch. And these are really awesome sprites. They Great are, sprites, actually. Yep, they are the dragon art, uh, of course, but they they have the early game zombie color palette the green brown red mixture that's really cool and these have 268 hp they do 56 to 112 damage and they have a fire attack that can paralyze and that's pretty cool that it's a um, a damage and a paralyze combo Mm -hmm. they are susceptible to fire and harm attacks of course being zombified uh, the levels 27 frat bros absolutely fucking wasted these things (laughs) yeah Uh, not even ninjas yet yep but the couple of hits they got in were pretty high octane, so I imagine they can be a pain at lower levels. Did you guys have any difficulty with those dudes? I got a fighter. I'm I have no problems with anything. <laughs> Did, were, well, actually, were there two of them? Or you know, I can't remember. There, I feel like there was only one. Okay. So evidently, that that might well. <laughs> what kind? What am I basing that off of? It might change. I'm not sure. Lord. Jay, did you? What was, was yours? Two or. There was nothing memorable about this part, so no. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it was, I killed it and just kept moving. Kept okay. it moving. With your demonstration of courage in hand, it's back to the draconian deity Bahamut in the Cardi Islands, and the only thing different upon return is what he says. The tale of a rat proves your courage. I shall give you the honor, do true warriors. The screen does a rainbow highlight effect, and then the bros became ninjas. Dun, 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 dun. Our little boy is going to hug robes up tonight. You know what, big boy? You're grown up. You're grown up. Yeah, I did that. Is this a fucking protection for you? Because you're grown up and you're grown up and you're grown up. I'm the asshole in the boss place, right? I'm the asshole. 
I'm out of here. I'm not eating anything. I wouldn't eat here. I would never eat here anyway. And God damn it, I miss the days when Vince Vaughn was in movies where uh, he was actually, and the movie itself was funny, he was one of the best dickheads in cinema history, and I miss that. He's really You're... great in his lower, his lower uh, esteemed roles. Yes. Well, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, Swingers and Maid are, like, they're indie darlings, you know? And mm-hmm. I think those are probably my favorite two roles of his. And, the he, you know, those are those are movies, yeah, they were not big things, but they are very well revered as, as independent accomplishments, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the comedy space, which gets tricky with indie stuff, I think. Anyways, your map character sprite changes to reflect their new trade in life. And I must say the ninja looks much cooler than the thief. Uh, I love the little ninja head garb tie hanging off the back of his head. Like, it's doing so in a manner where it, it must be caught in the wind to be defying gravity in the way it is. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's that way at all times. And I think that's a, that's a funny, funny little fucking thing. I've never actually seen the ninja sprite on the overworld. Yeah, it's... Like, it's, I remember getting the different sprites and, like, changing to them. Right. You know, so you I can could do. see them. Yep. But he I've never seen like, the ninja. You know what he looks like to me? He reminds me, it's red ninja garb, so it reminds me of one of the G.I. Joes. Yes, G.I. Joe for sure. Yeah, I was thinking Dice. The exact same thing. I think Dice. Or no, wait. Dice, I believe, was purple. Right, Slice was red. Right, but I'm okay. not thinking of him either because he's got a mask on. I'm thinking of... Is it like the original... No, Storm Shadow's white... I definitely don't remember the name, but I know the... Jinx! 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 That's what I'm thinking of. Its name is Jinx. Yes. And it might even be... I think it's a female. I think it's a female ninja ninja in the the G.I. Joe lore. But in any event, yeah, it reminds me of a G.I. Joe character for sure is what the the little sprite reminds me of. Um, Jay, were you impressed? I was. Uh, I didn't know it was going to happen kind of right then with the dragon, you know? So I was kind of like, oh... Oh, look at that. Like, I'm different, you know? So, sprites definitely look cool. I don't know how better that's going to make me. I don't know. You know, I, I know that I can go get new spells, so I definitely did that. But, yeah, I, I like the new sprites for sure, though. Yeah. So, you so you, you have not fucked around with them at all to kind of gauge differences beyond aesthetic? Then. No, I have. What I did after this was, you know, I went and immediately went back to get my level 6 spells that I couldn't get before. So I immediately went and bought Exit for my white wizard. I got, for my red wizard, I got Lit 3 and Invisible 2. So made sure to go snag all of those bad boys up. But yeah, I haven't really, since that's kind of our stopping point, I didn't really fight anything else. So I, I don't know. I don't know how different it would be to kind of go back to like the Peninsula of Power or somebody else, you know, something else, and then actually fight now. Like, I don't know how much more powerful I'm going to be. I'm skeptical. Duh. I'm skeptical that this is anything other than cool sprites, but I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong. Okay, okay. And and Jab, you're dealing with a fighter and uh, a red mage, yeah. Yep, just fighter and red mage. Pretty, pretty typical experience when my fighter sprite went and talked to Bahamut and got changed into the much cooler looking and broader shouldered knight sprite. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, an experience yeah, I've was, had a million times. Yeah, they they we you know I think we've already talked about it, and it's it's in the the guide to. Uh, like it shows the difference between the two, uh, but yeah, just generally speaking, there's just you know I don't know you know I mean I know it's supposed to, it's just funny to me that every one of them is way better, way more badass and better. I, you know, and, and I, there's it's probably like a super subtle and uh, um, distinct, like just more angular. I don't know, like there, there's something there's probably some sort of like really basic art concept 
that's implemented there to make that mm-hmm. vibe be the case for every one of them. But yeah, they're all just more badass, more lethal looking, you know, and mm-hmm. that's uh, that's cool. But it's interesting to me that they can do it uniformly like that and feel that way about all of them. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, this is the first and only time, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that the Black Mage gets uh, his head revealed in the Final Fantasy series. Like any other time they use the Black Mage sprite, it's pretty much only the you know completely blacked out face with the yellow eyes oh, and the really? pointed yellow hat. Yeah, that's fun. I th- I think at least I'm sure somebody will call me on that if I'm wrong. It's so funny not- though because he looks like a. <laughs> The Black Wizard looks like a, an enemy from like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. A futuristic bad guy from like an eight from a nineties perspective or something. <laughs> right, he's got like that, like you know, that almost like slicked and styled hair and like the shoulder pads and like the the dramatic cape behind. Yeah, him. He yeah does I could look call villainous. I could call that guy a frat bro. He looks like well, he looks like one of our attorney brothers, Jay, at like a costume party. <laughs> At the fucking like you know, <laughs> like the Halloween party or something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Josh, I think uh, you know you you've struggled with maybe one of the worst possible parties the entire game. Uh, I think that you've earned the right to to read your character transformation blurb from the from the guide here for the thief to ninja. Yes. For sure. Okay, I'll do that. So once the thief becomes a ninja, a whole new world of specialized weapons opens up. He is also able to make use of most pieces of armor. His quickness and strength are enhanced, and he can use some magic. And those are all true facts. And yeah, I mean, my fucking life changed when that when this happened. Uh, I'll like save all the actual equipment and magic come-ups for Tales of the Grind, but suffice it to say, the bros became real RPG characters. <laughs> like, yeah, I was so OP that, yes, while waiting for you two to catch up, the Ninja Bros picked up some freelance cartography work, making graph paper maps of the Earth Cave and Gurgle Volcano. I'll never go down to the volcano, uh, unfortunately. But, yeah, I went back to Earth Cave, and, like, you know, I, I, you said you haven't gone and, like, just, like, tested them out, Jay. I was like, I couldn't fucking wait! <laughs> like, I was like, I am doing something with these motherfuckers and seeing what they're like now. And, yeah, I walked the – and this, I think this is a testament to the difference these characters are between the, uh, the two states. I walked the Hall of Giants in its entirety, like, all the way through – Doing each one of the, the battles on every step, and in my in the party's entirety, they lost seventy seven HP between all four ninjas over the course Damn. of that. Like they are one man fucking wrecking crews, and I have four of them. Four one man wrecking crews. <laughs> That's like a four man wrecking crew, right? That is that is just like that. Bestiary Annals. Jay, since you're fucking sticking your eye in the camera here, you must be ready to roll with this. Let's go. What do you got? Dude, yeah, so this is pretty much how the game has become for me as a math equation. <laughs> so, yeah, so the three that I chose are three that I would actually actively fight or have to fight. That would be the Wyvern, the Nightmare, and the Red and Kylo. Red and Kylo, okay. So the Wyvern, uh, when you beat that, you get 1173 XP, 50 gold, so I see I'm a little on the light side, has 212 HP, and it does 30 to 60 average attack. Um, so I would just be kind of annoyed at that, honestly. I, f- I feel like you're not getting 
a whole lot there. <laughs> then I, <laughs> I would see these freaking nightmares, and these things would give you 1,272 XP, 700 gold uh, for less HP. You know, they only had 200 HP and did the same 30 to 60 average attack. So I would see those bad boys come in every time and strike them down. And I like that it's it's funny to me that they're spelled N I T E, right? Right. And that, you know, that's probably again not a design choice, but rather or a creative choice, but rather just that's eight characters. So eight characters sounds like a technical limitation to me. Then yeah, you know. And I don't know if I made the, I don't I don't know if it was just a post or if I made the joke on the podcast already. But when I when I would fight these, I would think to myself like nightmare. Like every day is a nightmare with the bros. Like what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking here yeah. comes some nightmares. Yeah, but yeah, those are cool sprites too, though. Mm. Yeah, and then so the third one is one that I would see all the time and freaking hated it at first. And so the red and Kylos, you get one thousand four hundred twenty-eight experience points for defeating that. Three hundred gold. Slightly higher HP at 256, but it did double the damage at 60 to 120. Yeah, those fuckers I, were trucks. Yeah, I would feel that. Like I would like just the look would, of it, I like looking like a tank. I feel like it would take longer to fight, and it would just mm. yeah. I, I just started running from those bad boys whenever I saw them. I was like, I, I just feel like this is more more of a hassle for less well, benefit. You know? Yeah, it's a great sprite A and B. I think they might have physical damage restrictions. Mm. One of those, uh, ang- I always call them anglos, which is you know again I'm in applied science, not English, so I can't read. Yeah, it, there's there's another one that's not red. I think it's just an yep. uh, ankylo, that's and one, one of, of them has resistance to physical damage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll get into the the base ones on mine. Got it, got it. All right, that, and that's kind of a like I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I'm, I'll talk about them quite a bit actually. What do you got, Jeff? Well, I went with. Um, I had this sneaking suspicion I might be stealing one, but the sprite is so cool I can't turn it down. Uh, zombie dragon mm, that you yeah. fight as to to leave the castle of Ordeal. Uh, the the, uh, the 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 sprite is yeah. famous and aforementioned. Uh, it's got an AP that also says SN. Is that stun? Yep, that's the. I think we talked about thing. stun. Yeah, right, we right. talked about okay. them, but yeah. Uh, it gives you two thousand three hundred thirty-one. Pretty precise amount of experience there. Nine hundred ninety-nine gold and being. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, undead dragon uh, is susceptible to fire and harm. Harm, baby. Yeah, that white mage. Second one, just because I think the idea is so bizarre and, and weird, is man cat. Yes, I have. Yeah, Catman versus Man Cat is one of mine. So yeah, I'll, you cover yours. I'll get into them a little further. There's got to, there, yeah. There's got to be like a little mini series in there somewhere. Man Cat versus Catman. Man Cat is like a greenish sprite. Uh, it's pretty ferocious looking. Man Cat turns out 110 hit points, 20 to 40 attack points or attack power. Gives 603 experience, not 600 or 605. And 800 gold, uh, no weaknesses necessarily. Though they do have some spells of their own. Uh, Mancat can cast fire, slow. I'm sorry, fire two, slow, dark, sleep, fire, lit, and cure. So these guys are no joke. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I didn't have a third one. I'm gonna pick one at random here. Ah, yes, from Tremors, uh, <laughs> Sandworm, <laughs> uh, which I'm not even entirely sure I encountered. But here it is in my bestiary talk. Uh, Sandworm, you know, it's a cool-ish sprite. All the sprites are cool. They're um, all over 
fucking Earth Cave. That was one of the. I think okay. maybe it's maybe it's a lower version of that, but that that worm sprite of some kind is definitely in the Earth Cave, and that was one of the ones they're fucking a pain in the ass. Okay. I would often run just because yeah. I was annoyed. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Well, they're kind of worth it if you can beat them. 200 hit points, so not not terrible on that end. A little bit, I guess. 46 to 92 attack power gives 2,683 experience and mm. 900 gold. Yeah, uh, that's immune, good, good well, they spoils. can cast Quake and are immune to Quake. Yeah, they would do that. That right there lends itself to being Earth Cave stuff. Yeah, the uh, yeah they they hit like a motherfucker, man. They mm. they would do sizable, noticeable. Got to pull up my sub menu and do some heal potions damage mm. for sure. Uh, when I would fight those fuckers. Okay, well that's yeah. I I my first one was actually uh, the the comparison of the two, Cat Man versus Mad Cat, and this yeah. reads as so fucking lazy to me, and I just love it. Uh, <laughs> like uh, Lord Disciple Adam Hera or Herrera rather on the Facebook page, he named I, when I posted the bestiary chart last time, like what's your favorite? You know, that was his the one he pointed. out. He's like the Jamira was his favorite. Because it's just a lazy letter change on the Chimera. <laughs> you know, like there's no actual, like it's not like a, lore, you know, there's just no lore backing that up. It's just literally like we need another one. It's going to make a different color. That one's called Chimera. Jamira. <laughs> Good to go. Yeah. Well, this is not the first time we've seen this. Probably not the last. <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, these look like, yeah, as you might imagine, like Jeb mentioned, they're humanoid types with cat features. And the Catmans are orange. The Mancats are green. Unlike, and this was also a significant thing, a really significant thing about them to me, like most monster families, and we'll talk about these with the Ankylos too, most monster families in the game, they're a direct progression from one to the next. Like you have the base version, and then the next one is like just a red one or a wizard one or some sort of just variation of that sprite, and then it's a little harder, a little more difficult, does a little more damage. In the case of these, they they kind of have, both have some cost-benefit stuff going on. They... The cat man has a little more HP and a poison attack, but the man cat is, yeah, resistant to all magic other than the time stuff and then wields a bunch of spells. Like you mentioned, Fire 2 is probably the only one that really can do any fucking Huge damage. Huge consequence. Right? right, but they do have a bunch of spells that they can cast. And then, yeah, the number comparisons, man cats are 110 HP, then the cat mans are 160 HP. So, like, the it's like the what's well, seemingly the base version without the magic has a higher HP, and can do more damage, 30 to 60 times 2, relative to 20 to 40 times 3. So, you know, it's it's the same amount, but when you get the more attacks, the low, the base is higher, you know. So it's like, it's just, right. the, you know, there's pros and cons of each. And, yeah, yeah the, the rewards from both are kind of similar. So it almost kind of acknowledges that the, the, the sum of the parts is about the same, but the parts in the machine are different, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's, it was an interesting little... So when you look up your uh, your info for Catman, um, where, where are you looking that info up? I probably the wiki. Because the only thing that I would add to that is in the in the guide here that we're we're using, but you guys aren't into Chapter Seven yet, which is where it's listed. It's listed the Catman specifically is listed as a member of the Weir family, mm-hmm. whereas the Man Cat is not. Interesting. Yeah, that's certainly interesting. They're 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 of different families, even. That's crazy. Yeah. Right, but like you know, the weird sword, or I think it's the rune sword that does the weird damage. Not exactly. No, sure. there's a weird sword. Yeah. Is there a weird sword? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work. So <laughs> it's, 
it's so not whatever. like it helps you, but it's it was supposed to. But right. yeah, it's, it's like the man cat is not part of the weird family. The cat man is part of the weird family. Cat man has no spells, can't do, has no resistance to spells, has no susceptibility to spells. Right. It's just very base, so but like, it is a like member cousins. of the weird family. <laughs> they are like cousins, like Astos yeah. and the sleeping. Prince. Yeah, Astos and the prince, right? Exactly. This side of the family can do magic. This side of the family is just strong. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah. So my second one is Tyro, and it's a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex, and I love fucking Tyrannosaurus Rexes, so that's mm-hmm. why. <laughs> Dinosaurs are also kind of a random thing to have in this game, I think, but I don't yeah. mind. Uh, especially get them in. I, why not? Right. Yeah. Especially because I fucking love Tyrannosaurus Rexes. So there, there is an enemy called T Rex to be found later in the game. So that's also interesting to me. Is that saying this is just a Tyrannosaurus without the Rex? Is that what they're implying here? With the name being just Tyro, there's no Rex. He's just he's just a tyrant, not a not a great. I feel one. like that's the baby baby T Rex. Sure, just sure. call him Tyro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at little Tyro. Little I mean, tyro. he's got like half the half the power. Sure, you know what sure, I mean? sure. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, it's orange and it looks just like a fucking Tyrannosaurus. So great, cool sprite. Very. Um, to scale and everything. Like, we talk about some of them are kind of like, oh, that's not exactly what I would expect it to be, given the name, but, like, this is exactly what you'd expect it to be. You could show this to a child, maybe, like, Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and this had, they have 480, 480 HP, and that's a lot. That's a lot. Yep, and it does 65 to 130 damage on a single attack. That's also a lot. <laughs> <laughs> As you might imagine from a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes. <laughs> and... Baby, even though it may be. <laughs> right, right. And they have, uh, they rather award you 502 gold and a whopping 3387 experience points per. That's so that's a lot yeah, of XP, dude. That's a good grinding fucking source for sure. Wait till you start fighting dad. It's 7,200 yeah. experience. Lit. That's like, even now, that's almost, that's like a tenth of a level for my insanely high bros. <laughs> uh, nothing to scoff at. Yeah. And then my last one was, yes, the base. Ankylo or Ankylo or however you want to pronounce that. And then more dinosaurs. I like dinosaurs, and this is a cool dinosaur that doesn't get a ton of love. So I like that they gave it some love here. It walks on all fours. I don't know if we mentioned this specifically describing them, but they walk on all fours. They have the heavy armor plating on their back like a turtle, but also with spikes, and that's extra cool. And it also has a tail with a ball at the end like a fucking war mace. So like, so these things are like, I don't know, you just if you really think about all those features, like, is there a cooler dinosaur, you know? <laughs> like, as far as, Anglosaurus like... Ankylosaurus are very cool. Yeah, as far as the features. And, and this one specifically, for some reason or another, made me think of... Even though I had the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and that was probably a cooler one. But do you remember those those dyn- uh, Dino Wars? Was that what they were called? No, they're not called Dino... Dino Riders? Dino Riders, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those I remember were, those fucking yeah, cool shit. Those were fucking badass, and there was, there was an Ankylo in those, too, so they gave him some love in that, uh, you know. not they, they probably had every, virtually every possible dinosaur. Yeah, I would imagine anything that's cool yeah. they had. Or especially that could be construed as, like, war-minded features, you know. Mm-hmm. The, uh... This one's actually more powerful than the red one, actually. Right, well, that, that would, exactly, that, this is another reason I selected it, is that it's... I'd encountered a bunch of the red versions of these before this base one. I feel mm-hmm. like they're more, at least in the area that we're in for this chapter, more pro, you know they're they're more prominent. Yeah. So I assumed when I first encountered this one, it would be way fucking easier. And you know, that I'm not saying not the case. Yeah, I'm not saying the red <laughs> ones are easy. Yeah, they hit like fucking trucks. They got that the sixty to one twenty times three. That's crazy. Yeah. But they do have considerably less HP and far less absorb. So they are worth far less XP. 
These motherfuckers have 352 HP. They only hit once, but it's for 98 to 196. And are vulnerable to nothing. They have no weaknesses. But have an astronomical absorb of 40 fucking 8. So yeah, they're worth 2610, uh, 2610 extra point. But only one gold. You know? Right? That's yeah. a- <laughs> Which is appropriate. No the dinosaurs shouldn't have gold. I think they all should be give you zero or one gold. Yeah, but- sure. Yeah, the it is. I mean, I don't know why wolves should have gold. Right? Yeah, all those. Yeah, using all the, the same logic, but yeah, all the non-humanoids theoretically should have no gold because they they do not they do not engage in commerce with dragons or anything else. So <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you skin a wolf and that's what you get your your perhaps your money from. Perhaps. Hey, maybe they do. This is this this could be a Disney World. I mean, they could be talking. You never even know. Trading yeah, behind true. our backs. And yeah, they could be. Yeah, they could be more. Yeah, they could have. They could have a higher this is fantasy. The Final Fantasy. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, they could have <laughs> higher functioning men- mental capacity. Yes, than we are giving them credit for. This they could, true. though. They don't have their own civilization because we are not treated to a uh, townsfolk blurb that says the wolves like to engage in <laughs> commerce true. with humans. So I don't know. Right, 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 right. We don't know. Yeah, and you know, I, like, I don't know. Like the thing about that, the, the high theory though, too, Jab. Like you know, I do not. I am not. A participant of that trade. I don't know what the value of things should be based on what factors or anything, but I think if I was collecting or selling hides or buying and whatever the fuck your your participation might be, I would just guess that the value of a Tyrannosaurus Rex hide would be higher than that of a wolf. Sure. <laughs> If only in <laughs> if only in the size of it, you know. If we're literally just talking about square footage or right. square yards or whatever, whatever the metric is for fucking hides. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's probably some desire for dinosaur leather at the local <laughs> you, you tanner. Think. So yeah, I mean that yeah. checks out. Yeah. So who knows? But that's fun. Okay, that's the best year annals. On to tales of the grind, and. Um, are you fucking kidding me? Do you think I had to grind for this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was fucking wasting common enemies like up through this part of the game, even before the bros grossed up. Uh, I did happen to go from 27 to 28 just because I wrecked everything I, that oozed before me, but I didn't do any actual grinding for this. And Jab, you said you didn't either. You didn't even play, basically. No, I pretty much didn't play since the last episode. And yeah, even when I did that, I think I did no grinding because I was just overleveled. Right. Which we so. haven't talked about that yet. Why didn't you do Gurgle Volcano? I don't understand. I wanted to... What was the stopping point? I guess I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, actually. Right. I, I know I just wanted to get the class change before I right. even went into Gurgu Volcano. Not that entering would, you know, activate some sort of thing that you can't undo, but... I just one day when I was younger, I just did the math and I was like, oh, you could be class changed before you even go into the Gurgu volcano. So sure, I wanted sure. to. Yeah, do well, it no, we talked time. about all that, but. But, like, why I didn't do the volcano since then, I don't have a great answer for that. Right. I mean, it should have, technically, it still should have happened even in that episode. You know, because the, the stopping point was, like, you can go do whatever you want beforehand, but. I think we, the only thing that I can, the only thing I can come up with on that front is that I was trying to not spoil the class change, although it had kind of already been talked about in the Explorer's Handbook. But, like, you know, I guess I wouldn't have to talk about the class exactly. change. Yeah. I don't I know. I didn't learn. do it. I don't know. Fucking call, <laughs> <the> union. <laughs> call my union Fuck rep you. and talk to him. <laughs> <about it. laughs> uh, Jay, what about you? How kind of, what kind of grind did you do for this? Probably uh, also no grinding. Yeah. yeah, and no grinding whatsoever. Kind of just went straight up, went th- played through 
parts, and yeah, so I'm yeah. still level 21. I was actually looking at my stats, I'm like, my stats are similar to what they were, you know, I have not leveled up through that process, so. Mm-mm. I guess yeah, grinding I, to come, and I'll, I'll see what, what need there still is for grinding. We'll do some grinding this. soon, so, I assure yeah, you. Yeah, you will do some, no question. Yeah, I didn't expect there'd be much on that front. Uh, I, I thought really more, we was because of the class change, we would have a great deal more to talk about in the, you kind of dabbled in a little already, Jay, but the... Basically, the things you acquire or you go out and acquire because you can now do so as the other class. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a, there was only one fight that I fought, and that was only because I was trying to go fly to Crescent Lake to try to get the level six spells, and I ran into a fight, and I was like, okay, you know, so I, I had no choice but the ma- to to fight this fight, and I did notice I can't remember what it was that I fought, but man, my 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 knight. And my, I guess my red wizard now, they each, each of their hits did like 130, 120 damage. And so I was like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know how much different the wizard's attacks are, you know what I mean? Because right. I was using like fire two or something, which is kind of low level now anyway. Right. But definitely the melee attacks were like, whoa, oh, so much. Better. Yeah. Yeah. The, that is, that is a good thing to point out about the class change that, the differences are going to really be in melee. You're not going to... I mean, is there... Do spell damages scale with any sort of statistic? Intelligence, probably? I think probably, but I've been putting off saying this. I think I read somewhere that intelligence as part of the magic formula is broken. Yeah, I was looking at both my screenshots be pre and post, and they, they seem to be the same, so I don't know... I don't know if there's something in the background that changes for the Magicka users or what. Right. Yeah, Hopefully. I don't even... I did not bother to compare the numbers from the last one, which is shocking to me. So, I don't... Yeah, I don't even know how much the bros jumped as far as their specific statistics go. Uh, so Yeah, I'll, the actual... The data collection on this wouldn't be all that complicated. Like, you could, like... You could figure out exactly how your level up and melee attacks change... Right. You know, after you just track, like, what stats did I gain from level yep. 1 to 2? What stats did I gain from level 1 to 3 as a fighter? And then you switch. And then you're also tracking average attacks with a controlled weapon, so you stick with the one. Yeah, what do you, mean? you don't even need to go out and do field research. I mean, you can just, you can literally just look at your numbers. That, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm doing. My strength, agility, intelligence, and vitality are all the exact same as they were before. So they Yeah, they wouldn't change. have changed. They wouldn't have changed with the class change. I didn't expect that. Oh, you didn't? I, I kind of yeah, I kind of would have expected it, yeah, a yeah. little bit of a jump, but I think where you'll probably see that work. I mean, I'm just kind of guessing here, but I feel like I'm right. Is like you know, your knight is probably going to do like three to four attacks normally instead of maybe two to three. Hmm. But then you may also get like more, you know, more frequently gained strength or something. I don't know, actually. Yeah, and there's no yeah, there's no in your status uh, number breakdown. There's no. I, actually, maybe it's luck. Is maybe it probably is luck that that informs that. But like the yeah, the number of you know, when you get crits or when you get multi attacks, mm-hmm. like all that stuff is maybe a derivative of luck. So maybe it does. You know, you can work it down to some number or not. But I was gonna say like there's no obvious number informing that. that I'm pretty change. sure. I mean, the the only thing I can contribute from this point about the class change, I think I, I read somewhere that if you were doing like a you know, like a min-max kind of level-up experience. Mm-hmm. They say, like, with when it comes to the black belt versus the master, it's class change. You, the master gains less 
magic resistance or has less magic resistance or whatever. Like whatever yeah, right. the stat is associated right with it. Well. Yep. Yeah, so it's like if you wanted to min-max that shit, you might want to level up your black belt a lot before the class change. Well, I so got something it. happens. Yeah, I got something going on. Let's talk about uh, okay. that is very much on that topic and is a huge bummer. <laughs> it was a huge <laughs> Do bummer. Do tell. Do tell. Well, before we even get to that, yeah, I mean, a whole new game opened up to me when the class change happened. So, you know. Ice swords, giant sword, ice and flame shield, flame armor, going by the cat claw. It was the first time I've ever considered even doing that in the game, Jab. You Not even for it, the like, black belt or for the black mage? I don't recall ever buying the cat claw. Oh, no. I always did. Where do you yeah. even see a freaking cat claw? It's, it's in one Gaia. of those. Yeah, it's 65 grand and, and yeah, Gaia. The way it all sorted out to the dust settled and my equipment buying frenzy. The On the weapon front, Connor is now rolling with one of the ice swords and the heel staff in a holster. Brad has an ice sword brandished and a dragon sword sheathed. <laughs> so Todd got the cat claw, and I'd never even, uh, yeah, it's 65k, and I'd never even thought about doing that before. And then I keep the weir sword, or kept the weir sword as a backup. And then Jordan wields the giant sword and has the coral one as his side piece. So that's the weapon situation. The... The ice swords are awesome looking in the battle screen. I thought that was really cool. They like they're huge and they have this deep blue color, which oddly looks just like the giant sword. Hmm. So one could I would say one could even have a hard time differentiating the two, just purely from the look. So that was interesting to me that those two didn't uh, weren't a little more differentiated. And then the cat claw is a very small blue deal with some curvature to it. I want to say like the saber looked just like it uh, way back when the bros were peasants. I was, I was rocking with that, but it was white, of course. And then on the armor front, I have Connor running point. So he has the flame armor as well as a silver shield and helmet. And then is rounded out, as I have all the others, with a pro ring. And then Brad has the flame shield and a gold bracelet to go with this pro ring. And the gold bracelet has a shit zero for evade, but the 34 absorb is still better than the 18 to 8 ratio the silver armor has. Uh, my other best option for him, so... The bracelets still have purpose, I guess, and that surprised me. I expected to get rid of bracelets <laughs> uh, once I did the class change. And then he is keeping one slot open. He and Jordan both are keeping one slot open, so I don't always have to pitch shit out to pilfer chests, which is a pain in the ass thing that, like, I'm sure we thought had to think about it and were annoyed by it at a times, Jab, but, like, playing with these dudes in particular because I was stockpiling things prior to the class change, like, it's really annoying that there's no way to dump items anywhere or anything, given how much of a constraint four is when most armor sets are a four thing four item thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's it's a little frustrating or very frustrating i should say that there's no way to swap things out or anything you know it's kind of fucking annoying or very annoying and then Tatarino is being a true leader. He's letting everyone else have the dope shit. He's got a silver shield, gold bracelet, a pro ring, and then I'm letting him hold the Zeus gauntlet for the lit two purposes, even though he does not have it equipped because the pro ring is his hand item. You know, <laughs> um, Jordan has the ice shield, a gold bracelet, and the pro ring. And then spells, the wonderful world of magic adventures. I was like, oh my god, this this is opening up to me. Now I can use magic. Holy shit. So I get in there, I consult the guide after my equipment runs and saw that ninjas can rock all available black magic up through level 4, which is honestly more arcane aptitude than I expected them to have. Mm. So I was excited about that. So I set but out for... you do miss out on those that, on that fast spell. That's a bummer. I know. I do not. No, no. They get fast. At level 3? It's a level 3 spell? That's a level 4 spell. Oh, they get level 4 spells. I thought through, you said they yeah. did not. Ah, yeah, I through see. level okay. 4. Oh, that's hot. You're good to go, dude. Right, yes. Well, (laughs) 
Thought so. So, <laughs> uh, so I excitedly set out for Canaria, Provoca, and Elfland to load up on their newfound wizardry and considered mixing it up for the four of them. Uh, you know, kind of going through and like getting you know different spells for each of them. But uh, looking at the charts, and I ultimately decided to j- just replicate it for all all four of them. So what the bros all got was level one, fire sleep lit. Level two, ice slow temperature, or rather temper. I decided I wanted that buff for the bros more than I wanted a low-level debuff for enemies, so that was the logic there. And then level three, fire two, lit two, hold. And again, I'm not trusting low-level debuffs for enemies, so I just took the paralysis die roll that I'll likely never use once. Mm-hmm. And then level four, fast, of course, ice two, sleep two. And the higher sleep spell seemed better than confused, which mm-hmm. I don't even trust to work either. So, you know, um, that was the idea there. So I buy all those up. And then I pull up my magic screen to marvel at how far the bros had come. And they had no spell slots. Oh, no. Zero for zero for all four of the yeah. first yeah, of levels. You so got I had a mini, level. Yeah, I had a mini freakout. Uh, like, I don't know. I just assumed it was broke as, you know, as with all things in this game. I just assumed it was broke. And I had done all this, and then it wasn't going to happen for me. And I was like, yeah, I had a fucking serious freakout. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and then I you know, so I I did I had the freak out and then I'm like, well, oh, you know, maybe I just need to stay a night at the end with spells learned to replenish, you know. So I go and do that. Nope. Still nah, zero out of zero. It would show O of four, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, dudes, I I mean I, I almost jumped I I almost jumped on the fucking window. Like I was <laughs> I was I just could not believe that this wasn't gonna open up to me. You know, it was just oh, yeah, it it's such a believable mistake, too. Like, it's <laughs> such a believable glitch for this game. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, brutal, brutal, brutal. So, I, I started frantically Googling to see if, in fact, this was, yeah, another broken mechanic. And the first thing I saw was a Reddit post that summated it as saying, if you do the class change with ninjas at a high level, you lose magic capability you would have had if they changed earlier in the leveling system. Yeah. And Whoa. so, yes, this is a permanent problem for me so it's yeah it i hadn't heard that that black belt thing jab that you mentioned but you know this is kind of in the same vein like it is yeah. a very there are permanent effects to when you are permanent outcomes uh, limitations or benefits that i'm good it's good to hear that there is a what? beneficial side of, of the equation but yeah it, it was so fucking defeating to have someone tell me that because i leveled these fucks through all the hard grinding work i had put in like I, that i had to you know to even yeah, get to, to a get place there. Right, to be turned into ninjas, that there would be a trade-off in magic capability. And I was sad. I was so sad. Well, so let me understand this correctly. It's The issue is that since you've leveled up a lot, now levels will come less frequently. And since they come less frequently, you will just get less spell slots. You'll still have access eventually to all the level 4 spells. Well, it depends how you look at that. I mean... Yes, you you certainly level slower because it's fucking you know more experience and you have to work longer to make the level happen. But there is also a cap; you can't level indefinitely. So even if you do want to put in that stupid ass amount of work to accumulate them, because yes, the way the way like, you know I did more reading, it would get better. Like the way it works is <clears throat> for po- post class change characters, they can. Operative word can start learning magic at a certain Oof. level. And in the case of ninjas, it is level 15. Okay. So they will get another spell point every other level increase after that. So oh, if oh. you were to do your class change at 15, you would start getting... That is ideal. Point. Right. Exactly. 
So every time you pass one of those level ups without having changed classes, though, you just lose the opportunity. So, oh. yeah, so I am missing magic uses. I'll never get back. Seven of them, in fact. But that does not, and like, you know, it's almost, it was hard for me to comprehend it really when I was reading all the shit. But that does not mean I won't be able to use any magic, at least I thought, you know. Uh, I would find out, or I, I actually didn't even think of it. I had gotten one guy to 29 just doing the mapping and shit, and I didn't even think to check this. So I actually, this morning, opened it up and like found out whether or not I was permanently fucked or not. And the character that had got to 29 had gained one spell use for all levels one through four. Oh, which is, that's crucial too yeah exactly yeah that yeah i yeah i was terribly now, if you concerned. get one each le- each if you get right. one every other level for each level that's tight right you can yeah. work with that right exactly my assumption was yes that like i would get one for level one or you know even if it maintains the interval and like okay now because i've skipped a bunch and however the fucking math worked out i was going to get a one level three spell on this level, and then next turn... Right, because the actual four. magic users don't level like that. Right. Like, it, it's it's a little different. It's yeah, like, it's not you, you can gain, like... W- yeah, right. like, you can get your level two spells and maybe not even have a spell slot for them. Yep. Yep. And then, like, you gain another level, and, like, you might gain a level two, or you might gain two more of the previous level. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. yeah so, okay. so, yeah, in this case, and, 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 and again, maybe it does work like that, closer to 15. I don't know. I'm fucking 14 levels later. So, <laughs> who the fuck right, you're like knows? like end game you know? level shit, right? Right. Who knows how that actually works out. But, yeah. So, I, and then I also would read, and this was maybe the most comforting thing about it all, uh, was knowing that they cap at four uses per level regardless. So, even if I had started at 15... Oh, I would okay. have only got to four for each of them anyways. So, yeah. you know, like in the long run, it really is not nearly as bad as it seems. But certainly the emotional response to this <laughs> media problem was fucking just devastating, you know? Yeah. yeah it's like initially you're just scared. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, even even up until, yes, Chad, this very just before checking and finding out that I had one for each. Like, I yeah, I was expecting that I would just never, yeah, you know, because it... it what is the number there? It's like four times four, 16. I'm not going to, like, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say with definitive, definitive, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitive like yourself that. Here. Yeah, that I, I'm not going to need those levels, but they seem, you know, pretty fucking legit now. And I, I don't think I should need to level up another 16 levels to God. No. Like, that's 45. Is that even possible? What is the cap? I don't know. I think but. it's possible. <laughs> I've gone pretty high, I think. I think for, if I'm you right now, I'm still pretty damn happy because the only thing I'm concerned with is having a fast spell. And if yeah. everybody, like, say everything's all equal and all the other guys, when they level up, they also gain one level four spell. That's four fast that you can cast in yep. theory. Yep. That should get every amount of work done that you need. And even if it doesn't, the next time they gain a level four, that's two for everybody. That's eight. You're good to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'll be no. killing whatever you want with, with eight fast spells. Yeah, I, I haven't tried fast yet. Can't believe to, you haven't. To, that's the, that's to see the, the wall. I, mean, I just literally, if I wouldn't have been able to start the podcast at nine. <laughs> 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 if I had done that. the Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I am curious to see what the jump is. But certainly once I really deck out the weaponry available late game 
adding fast to that should just be a, I mean, just, these guys are already, like I said, they are fucking wrecking crews. So okay. uh, adding fast to it is probably going to be devastating, you know. It's crushing. I, Kraken is shaking in his eight, all eight of his boots right now. Yeah. Is Kraken a he? Is that not a she? That's a good question. I don't know uh, how Kraken identifies. <laughs> maybe maybe I shouldn't uh, be so quick to say that. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyhow, so yeah, that's, you know, the, I spent all that money on the magic and shit. It was quite the spending spree. And it Yeah, took me, so you said they have a ton of, they were just like carrying around a bunch of gold they had no purpose for. How are they doing on the gold front now? Exactly, yeah. So it took me from somewhere in the 300K range all the way down to near bankruptcy for Bros Incorporated. I had 26,395 gold left in the operating account after I had, I had done all those uh, long-term investment decisions or uh, established those long-term investment positions, I guess I should say. And that's pretty scary stuff. But the Bros do have an action plan for financial recovery in place, and I have confidence they will execute. <laughs> Hide the money, y'all. There's poor people around. <laughs> <laughs> So now we'll quickly shift back to the mag to cover the Chapter 5 contents that uh, we held off on uh, until we played through it. So the first up is the page on the Cardia Islands. And yeah, we're going to start reading these description blurbs because they are good. And this first one reads, This is the home of the dragons of Cardia. The dragons seem to have courage on their minds, and that is a true fucking fact. <laughs> Everywhere you go there is talk of testing and ordeals. That is the way of the dragons. They respect bold and courageous humans and despise weakness. The light warriors must seek out King Bahamut and learn the task he has set for them. And you know what is bold and courageous, guys? They worked a fucking semicolon into that paragraph. <laughs> That's big ups, Nintendo writers. I've never really known how those worked. Yeah, I've I've worked them in on longer form things here and there. You know, it's essentially a, it's basically partitioning off a sentence for you to start a list is kind of how I think of them. When I, what was when it, I, who was it? Who wrote uh, Catch Twenty Two? Shawnee. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I, <laughs> I could like, use wait. almost any other example of the books that he wrote. Sorry. <laughs> Um, who wrote uh, <laughs> fucking whatever other book that he guy wrote? Uh, yeah, what is that guy? Why can't I think of that name? Uh, Jesus Christ! Everybody loves him, almost to an annoying level. Right? Yeah, I I can't read that book. I've tried to read that book a bunch of times, and I can't um, do it. Well, either way, uh, I think he's the one that that said of uh, Heller? semicolons. Is it Joseph Heller. That, that doesn't. Right? I wanted yeah. to say that it doesn't sound right. Something Anyways. weird about that. Either way, I think he was the one that famously said, "The reason you go to college, like the reason you go to college for English, is to learn how to use a semicolon, like <laughs> yeah. definitively how to use it." Right. Makes sense to me. It's certainly tricky. And then the dragon's test here in the corner was was worth talking about. The light warriors are bidden to go to the castle ordeal and return with proof of their courage. But what is the proof? Or what is that proof, rather? None of the dragons are willing to speak of it. Surely it must be a very terrible thing if the brave dragons will not even mention its name. Or perhaps part of the trial is to discover the object. In fact, that is exactly what is expected. The real trial lying ahead is to penetrate the castle and poke into every nook and, cr and cranny. Then bring back what you find. And I just, I don't know, I just like that, that they just dangle, dangle. Oh, here's the fucking answer, you know? <laughs> you know, like... 
I don't know. Yeah, and also uh, kind of like setting you up to understand like you're going to find something that's doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it's funny because since it's listed as like an item, it's very obvious it's a big deal. But yes. Right. It, as yep. part of the role play, it's just like, yeah, you're going to find some junk, but just bring it all back and we'll sort it out for you. Right. <laughs> it's almost like it you know, reading it there, it kind of it's almost it's almost like the writing version of what I was talking about looking for Outer Wilds stuff, you know, like looking at a few words and looking away. Like, mm-hmm. like you read that? Did it tip you off? Keep reading? No. Or keep reading, maybe? Like, you know what I mean? Like, basically, like, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Oh, here's the fucking answer if you're going to read all the way here. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's kind of what I'm getting at. <clears throat> so then we have two pages on the Castle of deal. following that. And then some battle tips for the, or rather in there, there's some battle tips for the attrition dealers that populate the place uh, starting us off. And then they label the pillar maze so you can get through there if you're getting pissed off trying to sort it on your own (laughs) and hate making your own graph paper maps like Jay, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, hard pass. I'll send you, I'm going to send you some graph paper in the mail. Oh my gosh. Order some graph paper (laughs) on Amazon. Change, change your fucking way of life, Jay. It'll fucking it's, it's for the best. Doesn't it's seem like, like flash, it flashbacks from math, like growing up. Like, oh my gosh, I remember you can use it for like home design too. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so many uses. Like home ec in like seventh grade. What did you oh, use graph paper for? Or not that? not home ec, but uh, industrial arts. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely doing yeah. like architectural type stuff for sure. Okay. I do like AutoCAD shit now at work, so it's like graph paper on a computer screen at work at school. I don't work. What? <laughs> I would never do something like that. I don't feel like I ever. I don't know. I'm sure there was something you're talking about. Fucking a long time, but I don't. I, I can't recall any specific uses of graph paper at school, and that kind of bums me out a little bit. Special item box on the right for the rat tail, and we didn't mention. Yeah, we didn't mention any of these, but I, I just love how these look and feel. The importance they give to them in the description for this is obtaining the rat's tail and giving it to Bahamut is a token of the courage of the light warriors. Once it is done, they will be transformed. And yeah, that's it. This is a very short chapter. The last page is a three-step summary of events and then the class change table. And yeah, there's a graphic for each progression, like I mentioned, showing the before and after sprites as well as the description of the metamorphosis. Mm -hmm. And I read the fave from my party because it's the only fave in my (laughs) party, but... I thought maybe you guys could read yours from your favorite characters. Sure. I will do the Black Mage. The Black Mage gained some physical stamina and strength from his transformation to the Black Wizard, but not enough to make him much of a fighter. Casting (laughs) Black Black Magic is still his strength and chief purpose. I'm guessing the fighter is your... The the Red Mage is just a fucking parasite in your group. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just there for something to do, right? I think I've actually beaten the game with only a fighter before, so I don't maybe, maybe not. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm going to do the fighter since that's my character. So, when the fighter becomes a knight, he is able to equip all the strongest weapons and armor. In fact, he becomes a formidable war machine. Even better, <laughs> he is now able to use certain lo- low-level magic spells uh of the white magic tree. Now, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Well, it's no, oh, whatever. I already said what I said. that last part wasn't in there but it is true it is a true fact well so those are the characters that you know we have taken as our sort of namesakes so let's might as well just move into status updates for them as well jab uh finish us off with where you're at uh repeat to us the statistics from the last episode i (laughs) let me see if i can pull them up real quick i uh looks like i'm still 
Uh oh. Uh oh. Somebody else go. <laughs> I got, I just gotta open up a ROM. Alright, I can I can jump in with Doom. Doom is now a black wizard. Uh he's still level twenty one. He has one hundred twenty four thousand nine hundred sixty five experience points. His strength is eight. He has level twenty agility. Intelligence is forty, vitality ten, luck nineteen. His damage is fifteen, hit percentage forty, absorb sixteen, and evade percentage sixty six, but he looks way more badass with his <laughs> and bigger robe. Word, word. Jeff, get your uh, uh I'm working on it. Your bearings yet? Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll do Todd then. Todd is now level twenty eight. All right. He's 271,826 experience points. His strength is 27. His agility is 33. His intelligence is 20. Vitality, 17. Luck is 42. And nothing but sevens at the crafts table for this dude. And the his damage is at 35 now. His hit percentage is 94. Which, wow. if, it were, if it were really a percentage, that's pretty much automatic. Yeah. And the absorb... Is 34 and evade is 79 now. 79, so, holy shit! Yeah. Wow. So yeah, so they it's their you know being able to change all those like this the high level I have them at paired with now the actual real equipment <laughs> has really changed the scope. Yeah, the the that right hand column of, of numbers has really took a jump since last time. You know, uh, mostly because of equipment more so than actual development <clears throat> character wise. Wow, so you're still seven levels higher than me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What trying to Todd, trying I, to keep that in mind as I compare your stats to mine. I'm like, wow, you're so much more. But I'm like, well, you are also 28, and I'm 21. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, another fucking 50 percent higher. Yeah. <laughs> what was your question, Jeff? Okay. No, I was going to ask what your level uh, Todd was, but I heard now that he's 28. So, uh, so I finally got the stats for Jab pulled up. If you guys are interested in that kind of shit. <laughs> of course. Uh, Jab, the now knight, is level 22, and he has 145,786 experience points. As I mentioned last time, he very coolly needs 2,222 uh, experience points to level up. And we just passed uh, February 22nd of 2022, so that's twos all over the place. Play, <laughs> play twos and lottery numbers, kids. <laughs> He's got 41 strength. 25 agility, 9 intelligence, not the brightest bulb, uh, 25 vitality, and 20 luck. He's swinging 43 damage, 88 hit percentage, and he's absorbing 51 and evading 30. Okay. <laughs> that, ev that evasion is funny low to me. I think the uh, steel armor doesn't do great things for your evade, but like when you get hit, it's just one damage. Meaningless, right? Yeah. Which is cool, because that is that it should be heavy, and you should be hard. It should be harder for you to evade things for sure. So yeah, I mean that 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 armor makes me money every time he gets hit, yeah. and when I'm not spending money on not that I have a problem with money, but when I'm not spending money on heal potions, that's making me money. Yep. No question. Word. Okay. So the uh, I guess quickly figuring out what we're gonna do next. It's kind of, you know, the chapter structure. You know, actually, you know what. I was thinking just the it would just be the next chapter moving forward, but really, I mean, what's your perspective on this, Jab? Do we want because the next chapter is the 
you know, it's labeled the C shrine here, and without even getting into the pages like we're supposed to, you know, avoid, I, uh, I'm guessing it's all in the water, and then or the water elemental rather, and then the last one, the air elemental, obviously that only leaves one chapter for the air elemental and the end game run, however intense that might be. So, do you think that we should be breaking up? the air elemental phase of the story and the end of the game? Or is that an appropriately sized thing to group together? Not particularly. I would say that we should do sea shrine. So we should do the next elemental and then the next elemental and then the end game. Okay, so three more episodes. Three more is what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Yeah, because the end game is a bit of a slog. Okay. It's not just like you walk to the final boss and then beat him and then it's over. It's it's a bit more than that. See, I was definitely thinking that the chapters would determine that. And yeah, sitting here really thinking about what that meant. Um, Cool. All right. So then the next stopping point will be the water elemental. That's pretty clear cut. And we will hit that in the next episode. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform, provided whatever dumbest company that shows up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to the nonsense on. The website for the uh, pod is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, Instagram, or the subreddit, and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. Links to all that shit will be in the show notes. We don't have a Patreon, but if you'd like giving money to things the podcasters tell you to and would like to do so in our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. That's cool as fuck. I think my voice just cracked. Able Gamers is, <laughs> yeah, Able Gamers is where you can find them. And there are t-shirts on the website. They're dope. I'm wearing one. And proceeds on those after pot expenses go to Able Gamers. Jab, what are your socials? I'm an idiot, so I you shouldn't want to hear the things I have to say anyways, so I don't have any, and neither should you. Jay? <laughs> Gentleman JB without the second E is my gamer tag. Pretty much all over the place. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Fullen, on Instagram at my shift key is broke. My Oculus tag is my shift key is broke. And I promise you I won't be talking about World War Three at all on any of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. All right, see ya.